Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, 97.3.
Plus is a delightfully delicious option whenever and wherever the occasion calls for milk. For your quick meals on the go or quality time at the dining table, jazz up your favorite Gary Soakings, Mash Kinky. Hi, good morning. You're welcome to The Big Issue. Your Big Issue, The Big Issue is live on 97.3 City FM. The Big Issue, it's your incisive Saturday morning current affairs analysis program where we give you riveting conversations on the matters or the issues that matter to you. My name is Salam Adunu. Once again, you are welcome to the program. You can join the discussion via our WhatsApp line on 0550585832, and then we will read out your comments to the rest of the world. Uh, this week has been very interesting. The week opened with a very important announcement which had to do with government uh, debt restructuring program. Government calls it the debt exchange program where the government of Ghana is asking existing bondholders to exchange their bonds with four new ones which will mature in 2027, 2029, 2032 and then 2037. And in 2025, they get 10% on the interest. Uh, many have described this as very interesting times for the people of Ghana. And all these are to ensure that Ghana gets a program with the IMF. Remember that debt sustainability analysis suggests, as the finance minister has said, that Ghana has become a high debt distressed country. And in order to qualify or to uh, to facilitate the process of getting an IMF program, Ghana needs to restructure its debt. So this is what the finance minister or the government of Ghana has proposed. In fact, they say that it is a voluntary exercise. Voluntary exercise because per the opinion of the Attorney General, this process cannot be coerced because there exists a contractual arrangement between the bondholders and government. And nowhere in those arrangements were there, you know, was there an opportunity to vary the terms to um, include anything like a bond exchange or a debt exchange program. So for that reason, the only available option now is to do it in a voluntary fashion. But is this really voluntary? As invitation has been sent out uh, to bondholders and they must make an offer or respond before 19th of, of December. What happens after 19th of December if certain bondholders fail to... Um, respond to their invitation what do they lose what becomes the consequences for government and consequences for those bondholders as well one other thing is that treasury bills are not affected individual bondholders are also not affected that appears to provide some reprieve for quite a number of people but generally how would the economy fare next year next two years and beyond until we get to the end of this particular arrangement and when is the imf program actually happening uh, we will look at all of that also this week saw the end of the motion for vote of censure on the finance minister uh, the minority or the parliament of ghana put the matter to a vote after the committee submitted its report to the house and the vote was lost it was 136 even though zero on the other side the 136 did not amount to two-thirds of Parliament as Article 82 of the 1992 Constitution stipulates. So, what, where do you go from here? Can Okorata gets to remain as Finance Minister? And indeed, is the man in the thick of affairs announcing uh, debt exchange programs, etc., etc. What happens from here? 
are the majority MPs who initially held a press conference to call on the president to sack his finance minister. Uh, what are they going to do now? What is the status of their concerns? Indeed, they have said that they have made representations to the president and the president has asked them to allow the minister to read the budget, pass it, do appropriations, finish with the IMF, and then he will act on their request. Is that still on the table? What really is the discussion? We'll look at all of this today. I'll take a short break, return, introduce my guests, and then we'll get into the discussion. Once again, this is a big issue, and you're welcome. big issue we are live on 97.3 um, city fm we are looking at um, government's domestic uh, debt exchange program and uh, reactions from the investor community more than 10 unions and 10 institutions um, have kicked against the domestic debt exchange program in the manner uh, it's been presented very very key or important groupings like the Ghana Registered Nurses Association, Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association, uh, the TUC itself, Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana, uh, NAT, NAGRAT, uh, the Ghana Securities Industry Association, the insurers, a lot, lot of very important people have kicked against this, including UTAG. What is government going to do? That is the discussion on the table. What does a debt restructuring, the debt exchange program mean for you and I, what does it mean for the economy for next year? What does it even mean for the IMF uh, program we are trying to get uh, from uh, the Bretton Wood Institution? To help me do the discussion will be uh, the Honorable Judge Richard Hagan, who is Member of Parliament from Cape Coast South, a former Deputy Minister for Finance, a former Deputy Minister for Trade, and a former Minister for the Central Region. Well, uh, Dr. Kinsley Kwesi. Kwabasin, who is the Chief Executive Officer for the Ghana Insurance Association. Um, we'll also be joined by Alfred Thompson, who is the former uh, Managing Director of the National Investment Bank, and he is also a member of the New Patriotic Party or the Governing Party. My good friend Franklin Kujo, President of Imani Africa, will also join the discussion. On the second issue, on the removal of Keno Foriata and the uh, vote, the motion on the vote of censor, which was lost, um, my guest will include Justice Abdullah, who is a private legal practitioner, the Honorable uh, Judge Ricky Hagan, MP for Cape Coast South, um, Alfred Thompson, uh, former managing director in IB, and uh, member of the New Patriotic Party, and then Franklin Kujo, who is the president of Imani Africa. These are my guests. For today, you can join the discussion uh, by reaching us on our WhatsApp line 055-0585832, and then we will uh, read out your comments to the rest of the world. We are also live on YouTube. Uh, the channel is CityTube. Drop your comments there, and uh, we will read same out to the rest of the world. So let's provide you with some updates on what has been happening and 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 what we hope to anchor our discussion today on. Um, so, over 10 labor unions and groups have kicked against government's debt exchange program. 
the groups say the new arrangements will negatively affect their members. Days after the Minister of Finance announced the first step of debt restructuring aimed at bringing the country's debt to sustainable levels, about 10 groups have officially expressed opposition to the policy direction. Amidst concerns of inadequate consultations, the groups also believe the debt exchange will negatively affect their members. Majority of the opposers are labor unions. These include the Trades Union Congress, the Investor Teachers Association of Ghana, the Ghana National Association of Teachers, and the Ghana Mines Workers Union. For these unions, the news came to them as a surprise. Uh, UTAG, we have a lot of workers who have also invested in pensions, and some are going to work for like 30 years, and by the time they are going on pension, they expect that they are going to live a decent life based upon their contributions. So it's a shock that uh, the pensions are going to be affected in one way or the other, especially we are talking about the goals, we are talking about the tier two and then the tier three. And once this is touched, in one way or the other, it's directly affecting our members. And we are saying that uh, we are not happy. The government has, however, indicated that the opposition is coming from groups who were not the primary target of the consultations since they are beneficiaries of the investment. The groups are, however, not in tune with this explanation. They contend that their members will be affected regardless of how government processes the debt exchange. Look at what is happening. 35% per year. Are we going to sit down for this to happen in this country? 35% per year. How much is the salary? And if you take the 35%, how much will remain for you to take care of your family? Are we going to sit down, my brothers and sisters? Are you going to sit down for your pensions to be haircut? It should never happen. And I have said it in the whole release a statement on Monday that there's no way we will sit down for that haircut to happen to our pensions. If they have any exemptions, if they have any haircuts, the ministers, the president, and whoever's head, but they cut first before they bring it to us. So, when if they want to make savings, they must start from their home. Why can't the government reduce his ministers and save costs? Why can't they spend something meaningful in saving costs for Ghanaians? When the government was borrowing left, right and center, purporting to invest in non-existent projects, I'm pretty sure that government knew that the debt was reaching unsustainable levels. The Ghana Man Workers Union, in one voice with the TUC and all its athletes, wants to restate our position and we state this position without any fear of contradiction that we will do everything in our power to ensure that our members are fully protected and that not even a personal or pension funds is lost in the debt restructuring program. The government has however assured that efforts have been put in place to safeguard the investments of Kenyans. According to the government, a financial sector stability fund of 15 billion Ghana cities is to be set aside 
to make funds available to the participating institutions to serve the needs of their clients. The governing New Patriotic Party has expressed confidence in the strategy. We want to reassure the people of Ghana that we have done it before. We have run in to protect deposits of people. We will surely protect the bonds and the maturity days that when it comes, government reassures the public confidence that we will provide and make sure everybody will have his share of his bond investment. Meanwhile, the unions want any instrument holding their investments to be excluded from the debt exchange program. Apart from uh, the pensions I've talked about, I know that most of the public universities also, they have credit unions. And again, these are huge sums that people contribute. And I know that some may have also invested in these bonds. So whether it's pensions or whether it's the credit unions, they, in one way or the other, are going to be affected. And that's why we are so much concerned, and that's why we've issued this statement UTAG, we are saying that the, our members should not be made worse off and that the pensions of our members should not be touched and most importantly also the contributions from the uh, credit unions should also not be touched. The new patriotic party whose government is championing the debt exchange program says the move is the best for investors at this moment. It is a global crisis that has affected every facet of business transactions in, in, in the world, including Ghana. So government says that, yes, bonds that we have, people that are holding bonds, you are likely to be affected because of the value of bonds that exist in this current situation. Government says that instead of you going in for a haircut where you will be go and get less than your bond value, government comes in with a debt exchange program to be able to trade off that debt and work on it to mature it over a period of time to return such value of bond to you, including interest, after the period that the government has stipulated. Certainly, the government will have to do more to get a buy-in of stakeholders in this debt exchange program. Reporting for City News. Hans All right, you welcome back to uh, the big issue, that short clip uh, by Hansen. Ajiman uh, sought to tell us exactly what the labor unions have been saying about government's debt exchange program that is causing a lot of waves um, within the Ghanaian public. A number of institutions, quite a number of them, um, have expressed their opposition uh, to this particular one. Of course, the minority in parliament has also said that they are unable to support the debt, the debt exchange program in the current form we have it. Um, key institutions like UTAG, uh, the Chamber of Corporate Trustees, uh, the uh, National Ghana National Association of Teachers, uh, NAGRAT, uh, the Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana have raised issues about it and their major issue or challenge is that government would ensure that healthcare delivery does not suffer because some of the uh, uh, all debts owed supplies of pharmaceutical products to healthcare facilities should be paid to avoid disruptions in the supply of pharmaceuticals and other products in Ghana. The Ghana Registered uh, Nurses and Midwives Association have also issued a statement. They think that they've been betrayed and then that there are over 101,000 
contributors um, will suffer. And they are saying that they cannot take it the way it is. The Ghana Securities Industry Association, a very, very important leg of the whole discussion, which includes fund managers, etc., are also saying that they are unable to accept the bond exchange program announced by the Minister of Finance in its present form. Of course, what the ministry has also said is that they are still engaging. They are hoping to engage more people. We don't even know the extent. We don't know the extent of engagement that has been done so far because almost every key institution that has come up has complained that they, they were not engaged. They did not hear from them uh, as it were. They made, of course, the five-member committee spoke to some of them, but what they said was very different from what um, has been announced and that they think this will be very bad for their sectors. So, I want to kickstart the discussion. Um, I will start off with Franklin Kujo, who is president of Imani Africa, uh, to help us also understand what um, he uh, makes of the the move uh, uh, so far. Hello, Franklin. Welcome to the program. There were hints of a certain debt operation, and in the budget, we heard for the first time about the domestic debt exchange program, even though the finance minister in the budget did not provide any further information. At least he did mention a domestic debt exchange program. Now, this is the format we, we have. Uh, if you have an, exist, if you're an existing bondholder, an institution, an institution, you exchange what you have for, for new ones to mature in 2027, 2029, 2032, and then 2037. Of course, treasury bills are completely exempted. They said there will be no haircut on principal of bonds, and the individual holders of bonds will also not be affected. Uh, what were your general thoughts or your initial thoughts when you heard this announcement in this form? Of course, it started from Sunday night, the Monday early morning, the program was launched. Well, good morning to yourself and uh, my good friends, uh, co-panelists, as well as uh, everybody listening. Well, first of all, there's a certain contradiction that I, I think we need to expose. And that contradiction is when the finance minister in his statement quotes um, the Bible. I think First Samuel chapter 30, verse 19. Is it the other First Samuel 30, verse 19, yes. I mean, two weeks, which essentially is suggesting that when David was said to have recovered everything because nothing was lost, could easily be applicable to his situation. I'm sorry. Um, whatever was announced, the, the, the steps that have been announced, however fraught they are, however contestable they are, because there are certain sections, but almost the entire process is being railroaded um, without any proper consultation. Whatever it is, that these two are not comparable. Uh, the Old Testament situation uh, post-King post James Version situation are not comparable at all because we've lost. You know, I, I at, the, at, the, at the risk of, at the, at the, should I call it, um, I, I don't want to necessarily personalize it, but I mean, to have announced this mark-to-market thing that most of the um, fund holders or investment fund uh, managers are already telling people what to expect. Um, People have already lost money. Really, I mean, even before this was announced, we lost money in terms of the 
nearly 60% uh, depreciation that we've suffered and now over 40% inflation. So there's been significant amount of losses already. So to be told that most likely 70% of your depressed pensions are likely to be depressed or cut off again, you cannot be telling people that nothing has been lost and everything will be recovered. Because the time value of money in itself uh, has been defeated. You know, so um, I thought I should make this uh, point clear. That yes, even before you continue, did I read from you earlier in the week that you lost some huge amount of money in the process so far? Well, it depends on what, what is characterized as huge. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that investment made over, 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 over the number of years uh, should have yielded or made me 100,000 cities better off. Now, as I hear, as I got my statement from the EDC, even before this debt exchange uh, uh, joke uh, is yes. happening, uh, I've been shaved off by that money already. That is assuming I wanted to collect my money today. Okay, now, so, so, so as it stands, I mean, because of the mark-to-market value, the mark-to-market system we're operating now, the money is still there. You have not taken it. So it, it's still the value you expect, not the shift of value, right? Well, you see, even that nomenclature has to be discussed properly because it is this value that is going to go into the test exchange program. You know, so it's not as if as I go there today, I'm going to get my, my full value of the money. In fact, I did not be this... Uh, this this debt operation or debt exchange thing that has been announced, I probably would have had uh, maybe 60 to 70 percent, uh, 70,000 cities more if I were if I were taking my money today. So I'm just saying that this conversation about uh, nothing has been lost it is in itself it's, it's tricky if you, if you if you if you if you go by that analogy that if you're going to a funds today nothing has been lost. Significantly, no, it's not said nothing will be lost, has been lost, it said nothing will be lost. So, at the end of the day, his hope or expectation is that nothing shall be lost. That's not true, and I'm submitting to you that even before this debt operation was announced, I've already lost the value of the money in, in, exchange, in, in the exchange rates, the depreciation of the CD. As well as the inflation, so it's not as if if we had forty thousand cities uh, a few months ago, a year ago, the same amount today. It's not. So that characterization of nothing has been lost is quite frankly ludicrous, and, and I think we need to establish that. So, look, this whole thing we saw it coming. I'm sure you've heard many Welcome. of us, uh, many analysts have said it. You have also said it that if the government had taken steps much much earlier. First of all, by going to the IMF probably two years ago, would have been in a better stead because then this debt restructuring would have come, one, would have been, would have happened one way or the other, and then negotiations leading to the debt restructuring or debt operation or debt exchange or whatever they want to call it would have been painless, and not to be shocked, uh, not to be surprised by certain leaks that audio leaks that we had, and then. And then, and then its attendance explanations on Sunday and later Monday, and everything seems to be in a hurry, and people are not particularly uh, well, people haven't understood exactly what is happening. And I dare say that a lot more people do not, haven't woken up to the reality of what is likely to happen. Apart from the ramifications it is going to happen on the economy, the dividends and investments 
and the fact that people would lose interest in the whole concept of political governance. Well, maybe it's about time everybody else becomes a bit more uh, interested in the way governance is conducted in this part of our world. You know, we lost a critical sense of uh, accountability, political accountability, uh, even economic accountability, when we decided to become lower middle income or now that we are middle income country, right? Uh, the suggestion at the time was that, or the, 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 the practice at the time, before we became lower middle income country, or when we used to be at the, the, the mercy of the multilateral and bilateral donors, it was the case that before government was going to go ahead with any plan to execute a project or its program or its main uh, yeah, pro uh, programs for uh, medium term to long term, it needed to have the blessings or to have some conversations that were going to happen between the civil society actors, the media, uh, the donors themselves, and even to some extent the business community, right, and the government, before everything else would have been blessed. There were times when the World Bank would publish the status of implementation of projects that it, has, that it is supporting in the country, and that clearly would have meant that until the government managed to explain the, I mean, give give reasons as to what has been executed so far or otherwise, they were not going to get the next tranche of money. But now that we were we, 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 had, we were exposed to the market, we found the market to be the darling of uh, the darlings, and unfortunately, these darlings were not necessarily looking at what we're going to use the money for until recently when they realized that we just couldn't pay back. And this is the time I suspect that everybody should be part and part, parcel of this uh, accountability exacting process. Because we cannot continue to, to, to leave this one. If you think that for the next 10 years or 10 years, we are just going to be, uh, we are just going to be in pain, because quite frankly, I don't see any stellar, uh, proper, uh, I mean, this government coming up with any proper value for money related programs at all. It's not gonna happen. And unfortunately, they'll saddle whichever government comes after them with all these unnecessary distraction and unnecessary debt. But it is important that we still find space and time to start measuring every action, every 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 word of every political actor in this space, because we cannot experiment with what has happened. We cannot we cannot sit and look and expect it to happen once more. So. My initial remarks are that there's a certain contradiction that ought to be exposed about this so-called nothing will be lost, eventually everything will be recovered. Of course, the moment you start dicing up my funds and, and, and even before uh, uh, it lost its significant value in terms of what it could purchase today, um, you've already lost something substantial. And I think that that, that conversation ought to be had. Okay. I am not... I'm not happy uh, that the government has uh, gotten itself into this trouble, uh, but at the same time, I'm just sitting and asking myself, you tell us what, you what was all this for? Was it pride that you waited all this while, I won't go to the IMF, I won't do this, I won't do A, B, C, D? And quite frankly, some of the projections in the budget, as we stated last week, are quite frankly ludicrous, you know, because you are, you are, in, a, you are in an austere situation and you are still projecting to overspend your, your budget by close to um, uh, probably 80 to 90 billion Ghana cities. When, as I said, 
when the 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 Eswa and this government, I think during the Kumi Preku riot or the year after the Kumi Preku riot, actually posted a budget support, you know. So you don't expect this same uh, this same split to continue, and I think that conversation also ought to be had. How are we expecting the government, or how is the government also gathering up in its loins and restricting its 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 belly by tightening its belly with a, with a, with a tighter belt and asking uh, rather than asking everybody else to come along and burden share. This burden share. It's actually quite fraudulent, and I don't think we should we should we should we should be discussing it in a manner that looks as if once you take part in it, either voluntarily or involuntarily, uh, you are doing uh, the nation proud. You are not doing the nation proud. It is the politician who has kept who has taken you into this uh, this environment, and they need to take full responsibility. The other point I need to make quickly is that this whole conversation about it not being voluntary. Look, let, let's be fair. I can understand that in the Greek situation, there were deliberate laws that the, the states passed at the time. In this instance, the government has wasted so much time that the natural order of things would have been having, having had proper conversations and probably leading to some 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 work in parliament for it to be backed by law. But then we'd have seen that all the I mean, people would have been probably less painful. It could have been less painful than we're having it today. But the point to note is that voluntarily or involuntarily, you have lost money. So this whole thing about people who are it's not a voluntary, it's not a position. It's already been imposed by the negative macroeconomic environment superintended by the government already, even before the so-called debt exchange occurred. But either way, you've lost. You've lost. All right. Um, good. Um, thanks so much for, for, for that. Let, let me bring in, of course, I, I know uh, Dr. Kinsley Kwabasin is, is on the line, and I'll, I'll get to him in due course. Let, let me come to the Honorable George Ricketts Hagan. Um, the debt exchange program uh, appears quite innovative, given the, the economic difficulties we are in. There should be some debt restructuring. I don't know how else this could have been done apart from uh, doing the debt exchange program. Um, I don't know what you make of it, but for some, it appears innovative, even though it will squeeze us a bit, but government calls it burden sharing. We must all share part of the burden we have collectively brought upon ourselves. What, 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 what are your initial thoughts on the debt exchange program in the manner it's been presented by the government? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Solomon. Good morning to my brother and uh, um, our colleagues on the panel, you know, joining us by Zoom. Um, I do agree with you that, uh, you know, obviously we were expecting some kind of a, a restructuring. I mean, we've got a serious debt overhang, and uh, our debt is simply, after doing the, the debt sustainability analysis, our debt is simply not sustainable. Mm -hmm. and therefore, something needs to be done. But what has been done or what has been proposed so far, um, though quite severe, mm -hmm. not quite severe, extremely severe, um, I'm afraid that that would not solve the problem. Mm. Um, what they have done so far, and they're talking about haircut, no haircut. Look, we have a, a basically the, the whole model that they have with all the assumptions that they have made. And uh, if you put it 
on a spreadsheet basically with what they are telling us that they are going to be doing four different exit bonds and the, the, the rates at which they are going to do them, the 17%, 25 and 41 and all that. Look, and this is, this is a fixed income product, so it tells you that basically when all this is said and done, investors who are going to be affected are actually going to lose $200 billion at the end of all this. So if you are going to lose $200 billion at the end of all this, then and people are saying that there's not going to be a haircut, then I don't know what you're talking about. Because, yeah, you can say that... On the principle... You did well. It doesn't matter whether it's on a principle. Those are cosmetics. Mm. You know, I can achieve the same thing by putting my haircut on my principle or my, on my interest. At the end of the day, you get the same thing. The, the what the president told us is that there wouldn't be a haircut. Then you had the spinners telling us whether it would be on principle or you know, it's neither here nor there. Mm. The fact of the matter is that people are going to lose their investment. Mm -hmm. Pension funds are going to lose money. Insurance are going to have serious challenges meeting their obligations. And, and basically this will be added to the hardship that you know, people are already experiencing. That is the truth of the matter. It is not uh, about this or that. And I think sometimes, you see, we all understand the difficulty that we are in uh, you know, as a country. And we want our government to be honest with us on the situation that is confronting us at the moment and how best we can come out of this. You, but you, you think government has not been honest with us? I, they have not been. Government I mean, says that our debt levels are not sustainable. They, they are playing with the intelligence of Ghanaians. Mm. I mean, why come out and even tell us that you're not going to get a haircut? You mm. can never enter into a restructuring agreement where basically you have said you defaulted. Mm. The government of Ghana defaulted on the 1st of December. Mm. That is the day they were going to roll in all this into. The reason why they were doing that is that they could no longer pay, you know, these, these bondholders. And that's what we went into that program. You know, the, the word, whether it is now or will be and all that, I, I just, you know, I can say that now, mm -hmm. if you are rolling in your money, mm -hmm. I mean, and you are right to say that, you know, uh, uh, mark to market or market value, mm -hmm. whatever your bond is, say at 1st of December, mm -hmm. whatever the value of your bond is, including accrued interest and all that, if you do the market value of that particular bond, that's what is being rolled into the new one. Mm -hmm. So if you were paid on the 1st of December, presumably you would have received your full money. Mm -hmm. But once the money is going to be rolled into this exchange program, that's where you are going to lose the money from. Mm -hmm. People will argue that even at the front end, they've already lost money. Uh, through speculations and all that, they, they, it's been discounted. And then you have dep depreciation and inflation and all that coming in. But as far as this program is concerned, you will lose money at the end of 2037. Because they have 2027, 2029, 32, and 37. By the time this program is done, the money that is going in, which is 137 billion, mm -hmm. that is the debt when you strip off all the uh, uh, treasury bills and all those things that are not going to go into this. Based on 137 billion, the losses on this will be will be 200 billion. How do you work that out? It's pretty much simple. If I'm to invest my money today, mm -hmm. based on a weighted average interest rate, mm -hmm. from now until 2037, or whichever of these bonds that you choose, 
But in time, even your principle that they will give you will be short if you use their model of different rates zero, basically in the first year five and ten thereafter. You are losing two hundred billion. That is a fact, mm. and that is that that cannot. This is mathematics. Mm. You cannot argue with this. You put it on a spreadsheet, the numbers will come. So to say that we don't have a haircut, we're going to have a haircut. Look, be honest with Ghanaians. Let us know the severity of the situation, and let's see what we can all do. And then when we say we are tightening our belt, let it be all of us tightening our belt. Mm. Not that some are tightening their belt and others are losing theirs. But we are all tightening our belts. No, 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 absolutely not. No, there are people getting 50% cut in their coupons, in their, their, in their uh, how do you call it, uh, uh, fuel coupons and, and, and allowances. We've been in government before. So all these things are cosmetic. You know, there's a people, I can tell you there are some ministers mm. who even probably don't even know how much they are paid in salary because they don't touch it. Because they don't need it. Well, what do they get money? How, where, how are well, they surviving? How if, you your if your petrol is being, your fuel is being given to you for free, if so they are going to be cut by 50%. Well, if you are going maybe you should cut down your, your unnecessary travels also by 50%. They don't get to use V8. They don't get to use V8. Well, who monitors that? You know, last I was telling you, if you want to be serious about this, confiscate all V8, put it in the pool. Get people to go there and sign and tell you, dear, I'm leaving you going to Cape Coast. If I'm a government minister, how would you know that when I move my VA from here, I'm going to Parliament or I'm going to Cape Coast? Mm. So these things are, you know, look, be genuine with the people. Let let show that it's not enough to say that I'm sorry or things are difficult and I hear you pain. Share, let's make, let's see that you are actually feeling it. So. All these things are just cosmetic. Oh, don't you think something what, what, what would have been what would have been good for your side? Indeed, just when the announcement was made, your side came up to say they re you rejected this and all of that. What would have been uh, acceptable to you? Well, or how would you have had this resolved? In, in terms of the austerity that we are facing at the moment, mm. the first reasonable thing for anyone to do, even you as an individual, if you are faced with challenges. Mm. The first thing you do is to cut your expenditure. That's what they say they are doing. Well, they are not doing enough. Mm. They are not doing enough. That's what I'm saying. That this 30% and all that. Cut 50% or if your ministers are 80 or whatever number they are at the moment. We have been told that you could do it, you know, less than 40 people. So if you bring it to 40, mm. you would have saved more money than the 30% in salaries. Imagine, don't cut 30% of somebody's salary. Just get rid of that person in the first place. Get rid of that ministry. That should, could be, you know, sort of a lumped into another, another, another ministry. Despite the particular focus the president wants to give certain sectors of the economy, like railway, for example. The president... Our railway sector has been almost, uh, has been in comatose, you know, for, for a long time. Now, with the institution of the railway ministry, we're beginning to see some activity in that arena. Well, well, well. He started with 120 ministers. Because the problems he came to meet were... And, this is, and look at where we are. Mm. After five or six years, COVID. with 120, well, they can talk about COVID, talk about all sorts of things. This economy was built on straw. Therefore, when the storm comes in, you know, we are heavily exposed. You cannot be the, the worst performing currency in the world, you know, as if you, you, you live in Pluto. This is planet Earth. Everyone is here. Everyone suffered COVID. Mm. Why is everyone not at the bottom of the currency ladder but you? 
Why is your inflation so high? Yes, there are places with high inflation. Why is your depreciation so high? Why is your fuel prices so high? Why is everything you talk, every economic parameter or indicator you talk about in this country, it's nothing to write home about. But is it not due to the structure of the economy? I mean, we've been, we've been with this for a very long time. That is, that is, and, and we know for a fact that a lot of these problems are uh, exchange rates induced or cost. So, for example, if we're able to solve our exchange rate issues, fuel price will come down, a lot of the matters will be resolved, right? So, for example, government knowing this said it was going to uh, resolve this by introducing the 1D1F, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, to ensure that we better our, you know, exports. So we do more exports than we're doing currently. Yeah. That will bring us some foreign exchange. That will help us deal with the exchange rate matters. So that is being done. We understand about 127 of those countries yeah. are in operation, about 200 <laughs> various stages of, of completion. In Koma, we, we were told build 77 factory. I don't know the actual number. Yes. But we were told in Kuma build 77 factory. Yes, you can say that at that time the population of Ghana mm -hmm. was small. Mm -hmm. But people felt it. You know, you could, we've gone past 127. I think we are almost 130. <laughs> you know, and the, yeah, question yeah, is that, yeah, the question is that where are the factories? You know, equity. If, if uh, yeah, that's what we always refer to. You know, <laughs> if you ask a factory, equity is really taking a, a a bit of a suffering yeah, for, for, for for all this. Look, these guys or this government promised us proper factories that are going to create jobs for people to do, mm. not money for friends and family and cronies to put into their factory. Existing factory gets printed and labeled a one D one F. This is that. That's what I'm saying. That they are playing with the intelligence of Ghanaians. You know, they think we are probably stupid because they do things and get away with it. We have a finance minister who is sitting in office, and I did say that if the finance minister survived mm. to today, it would have been one of the miracles in the world, and it has indeed happened. It's a miracle that it's a miracle that that kind of writer is still in office. We'll, we'll, we'll get to so, it. so yes. You are right in the in the in the Gorgesberg economy where we are a country that uh, you know imports too much and exports very little, and we need to do value addition. That is what led to having becoming an industrialized. Mm -hmm. I disagree with one D one F method of, of industrialization, mm -hmm. but that's a, a, a discussion for for another day. But they are not actually doing enough. We are now from what they are doing. We are actually not moving from a Gorgesberg economy to. Uh, what is it called? Production. Mm. We are actually moving from Gutchesburg now to a Stone Age economy mm. because they are now talking about some of the solutions they are coming up are, are butter trade. Mm. <laughs> and butter trade, you know, and, and this is the, you know, the major stuff they talk about. Dr. Barmier started this butter, butter trade with the, uh, uh, what is it called? Our, the Chinese deal, mm. which was, uh, we were going to, they were going Sino -hydro. to, Sino Hydro, you know, and then they've come up with a bauxite, now bauxite, SG. bauxite, absolutely. Now they they come up with a they are going to use gold. I mean, what's a daft idea? You know, and then you think about you know, these are supposedly people who know what's going on. I don't know what the motivation is. Other than not, they don't have a clue the economy that they are handling at the moment, or as Francis will say, Uzama Waji Waji Singh. That well, they, mm. they really don't know where to go from here. Well, well. Right, let, let me go to uh, Kinsley, Dr. Kinsley Kwabasin. Uh, Doc, uh, your group appear not happy. Indeed, you've issued a statement 
um, expressing your disapproval with the debt exchange program. Uh, what exactly about it are you not happy about? Hello, Dr. Kwabasin. Good morning. Yes, 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 yes. Please, sir. Yes, yes, I can hear you now. Yes, yes. Um, thank you, and um, good morning to our cherished, your cherished listeners. Now, we are, are talking about an insurance industry that pays on daily basis 4.5 million Ghana cities in terms of claims, and that translates to approximately about 1.6 billion annually. And as a matter of fact, when the 2015 twin um, fire flood disaster occurred, we paid in excess of 360 million Ghana cities. Now the question is, how were we able to do that? The total assets of the insurance companies at that um, third quarter is 11 b was 11 billion 534,000 um, 10,221 Ghana cities. There is what we call the solvency framework, and that's a framework that has been given by the regulator to indicate the extent to which you are solvent, literally. And that stipulates that there is classification of your assets. In there, the rule is that if you invest in government of Ghana securities, including the bonds that we're talking about, it is assumed that it is risk-free and therefore they do not discount the value that you've given to the regulator. On the other hand, if you invest in other assets, for example, if you invest in a building or if you give the value of a building in which you are occupying as um, an office space, it is devalued by 50% or discounted by 50%. If it's an asset which, if it's a building that you do not occupy, it's discounted about, at about um, 30%. But that goes on and on. So depending on the asset, cla asset classification, there's a discount applied. Now because of this compulsion or indication of government bonds and instruments being risk-free, the insurance industry has invested over 40% of, of its total assets in them. And that amounts to about 4.4 billion, 613,000, cities. That is the value of our um, investment in them. Now, so the implication is that if this arrangement stands, we have a big challenge. Why? Beyond the figure that I've given you, it is also estimated that about 1.5 billion cities of our assets is in banks and that's mutual funds and in uh, bank deposits. So cumulatively, it means that if that is also affected, then cumulatively about 50% of our assets are in our investments will be affected directly and indirectly. That is a difficult situation for us. The question is why? Now, let me give you a simple scenario. Let's assume that we have you are an insurance company. You have claims to settle in two years. 
the value is 100 million. Currently, you do not have the 100 million because you have invested in the securities that we talked about. And so your expectation is that within the next two years, you are going to get 50 million so that by the time your risk crystallizes, you'll be in a position to pay the 100 million claims that you have promised the, um, the policyholder. Please note that all the money that we've talked about, the investment and so on and so forth, are not your money. They are monies <coughs> of the shareholders and policyholders that you are holding in trust for them. Now, so you have done your calculations and your and, um, your projections that you'll be in a position to pay the 100 million when it crystallizes in two years. Planning with the bonds and the instrument that I've talked about. Then you have a situation where in 2023 and 2024, the coupons have been varied. So 2023, per the new arrangement or the debt exchange program, you will not have any coupon or any returns, let's put it that way. And then in 2024, you are going to get 5%. It means that 5% of less than 100 million, if we do those calculations, simply put, you have lost about 25 million approximate. So in 2024, in the next two years, you will not be in a position to pay the claims that you have promised your policyholders. Beyond that, as at the third quarter, we have made a net underwriting loss of over 356 million Ghana cities. What it means is that relying on our core processes and procedures and operations, we are not in a position to meet these obligations because of the factors within the macroeconomic environment, inflation and the rapid depreciation of the CD and so on and so forth. And so our next bet will be to rely on the investment income that to help us achieve the objective for which an insurance company it was set up that is claims payment so if there is this debt exchange program the challenge is enormous because we will not be in a position to be able to honor our obligations and that is a big challenge for all of us very well so you guys yes just hold your thoughts there i will come back to you so we, we, we get into the, the, the details of how you'll be unable to, to, uh, to, to meet your debt obligation or to your, your obligations to your, 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 your clients or your customers. So we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, let me come to, um, to, to Alfred Thompson, former Deputy uh, Managing Director, NIB, and, and a member of the governing New Patriotic Party. Mm -hmm. uh, this debt exchange program, obviously, is, is going to squeeze a lot of people. What is government really uh, are trying to do. Good morning to you and uh, good morning to my MP. He's mm. the MP of my constituency. Oh, I see. He's my MP. <laughs> and to all our viewers and my good friend, uh, what was his name? Franklin. Franklin Kujo. <clears throat> I know Franklin would always look at the other option of the Bible and scriptures and everything and bash us <laughs> there, but it's part of it. Um, unfortunately, we are in a situation where we are neck deep in debt. When you look at the 2023 budget, government spent 74% on the 
of the 205 billion in four sectors one public sector which is about 44 billion two capital expenditure which is about 27 billion three energy sector which is about 26 billion plus and the most interesting part is interest payments on loans from uh, this uh, fourth republic which is about 52 billion that's the biggest so it gives us a total of about 151 billion out of the 205 billion just going into all these payments and um, compensations and things so this for the 2023 budget 2023 budget okay, alone. Great, yeah. i'm looking at just the 2023 mm. budget it tells you that there is a fundamental problem mm. yes ever since uh, this fourth republic i don't know any uh, any government that hasn't gotten external funding to support its budget it's always been support from outside support from outside and that is what has kept us to date and that is where we need to uh, when we are coming in as a government we say listen let's work towards getting money locally rather than always depending on the you know foreign support because it gets to a time you 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 never get out of this mm. it's a continuous or continuum and government after government that's how they'll go so that is what inspired all this 1D, 1F, you know, export based and things. When you look at our export and import cover, you realize that we are now doing more exports than imports. But still, there's this problem of, you know, repatriation of um, benefits and all these other things, which is still costing us in our budget. So at the end of it all, you realize that we are, we are choked. Mm. As a government, we are choked. You cannot get the external funding. And this was coupled by um, the uh, appropriations that delayed in 2023 you realize that um, there was a whole hula baloo about this e-levy and um, you know i put it on record one time that it was part of the problem why it affected that downgrade but they didn't put the perspective well because you realize that we didn't pass it early we couldn't get the support from external as we always do so at the end of it all then it means that they have to downgrade you as a country that affected us that made us not go out and get the necessary bonds and things that you use some to pay off the loans you use some to run your system as we keep on doing mm. so it affected a whole maneuvering of mm. the or running of the economy and this has brought us neck deep into mm. this problem now it's not a matter of forcing this debt restructuring on the various institutions we looked at the whole thing you are going for uh, you, 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 it's uh, not a matter of forcing it because you couldn't have forced it. We can't force yes. it. Yes. We cannot. Mm -hmm. And Attorney General has stated clearly. And you realize that he stated it even before Minister came out mm -hmm. to. Of course, the, the Minister sought his he, legal opinion yes, he sought legal on a number of things he yes. wanted to do. And, and as part of it, yes. he told him that, listen, you can't force it on the people. Mm -hmm. Definitely he knows. But he came to announce that, listen, this is the strategy we are taking to help all of us. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Mm. The truth is that you can give you all your money now as you want to claim for it. No bank, and he knows, no bank in Ghana can say that, oh, if today I'm closing shop, I can pay all my depositors. Mm. It can't happen. Very well. In that same vein, mm. no country that runs on such uh, bonds and things will tell you that if today everybody is coming for their money, they can give all, everything mm. to you. It's not possible. So, yes. Yes. So let's let, just hold it there. I'll take a short break. Um, I'll return. I'll give uh, uh, Alfred Thompson, who is the former managing director of the NIB, uh, former deputy director of the NIB, 
managing director of the NRB, more time to respond to all the matters, and he also answer some other questions. This is the big issue on 97.3 City FM. We'll be right back. Easy betting, easy winning. Romexbet, the most reliable service to make deposits easily with high odds and numerous bonuses on the spot. Register now at romexbet.com.gh. Use promo code BESTOXGH to get 300% bonus up to 3,445 Ghana CDs on your first deposit. Easy to use, easy to have a chance to win. Romexbet, reliable bookmaker. Gambling can be addictive. Bet responsibly. Not for person under 18 years. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the Gaming Commission. is a delightfully delicious option whenever and wherever the occasion calls for milk. For your quick meals on the go or quality time at the dining table, jazz up your favorite Gary Soakings, Mash Kinky, cereals and all hot and cold beverages with a creamy, protein-rich healthy option of milk. Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk with Vegetable Fat is all you need to stay on the go. Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk is now available in a shop near you. For bulk purchases, please contact Les Farm Distributor at Medina Ritz Junction on 0501-682-522 or Grace has found us at a Coco Photo Dance Summon on 0245-162-747. Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk. This message has been vetted and approved by the FDA. City 97.3 Accra Welcome back to the big issue on 97.3 City FM on City TV. So welcome our TV viewers. We are live on DSTV channel 363 and Go TV channel 182. We are also live on YouTube. The channel is City Tube. Uh, your comments are welcome via our WhatsApp number 0550585832. The matters for discussion this morning. We are assessing government's domestic debt exchange for investor communities. Over 10 labor unions and other institutions have come out to oppose the debt exchange program in the manner it's been presented. We're just trying to look at that and trying to trace the matter from its genesis. My guests on this segment, Franklin Kujo, President of Money Africa, Alfred Thompson, former Deputy Managing Director, NID, and a uh, member of the ruling party, uh, Dr. Kinsley Kwesi Kwabasin, CEO of Ghana Insurance Insurance Association, one of those groups opposing the, the debt exchange program, and the Honorable George Ricketts Hagan, uh, Member of Parliament, Kiko South, former Deputy Finance Minister, uh, former Central Regional Minister. These are my guests. So, um, uh, Mr. Thompson, you, you, were, you were speaking before we took the break, yeah. and uh, you 
were of the view that I was giving you the genesis of all our budget and its problems yes. associated with it. Yes, which which we know because we've had yes. a lot of that already. And yes. in 2016, I, before your government came, you yeah. took us down the path of letting us know yes, that our economy was a Gorgesberg one. I don't know where we have reached now. And I now. still yes. believe in that that is still a Gorgesberg economy. Over, over six years into the administration, what we were told that in 18 day, months, no. It doesn't take so, so the president at the time did not speak well. He said in 18 months, the economy was going to be transformed. Okay. That is why you realize that we did a lot of 1D, 1F. And my brother was saying... So the economy has not been transformed in 18 it's months. Still, it's still ongoing. Listen, when you build a factory, it, it will take you about 5 to 10 years for the factory to be really solid and know that, okay, this is a moving concern that you know that it's a going concern that we know that mm. it will not go off the lane. And unfortunately for us, um, he said that Nkrumah created 77 factories, but it was under their own reign that they came to sell most of these factories. Mm. Under the NDC? PNDC. No, but PNDC is not their reign. It's still PNDC. They just removed their PNDC. No, you just right. And some of them, some of these factory buildings were converted into churches and other things. Churches that we are not receiving taxes from them, we are not getting anything. So at the end of the day... But when I help you restore morality to society, anyway, go ahead. The morality is another no, just go ahead. out of which has emerged the finance minister. <laughs> out of which has emerged the finance minister. <laughs> of which he was also under ministry. Well, but I'm talking about the the religious nature as a result of churches. You know, you're talking about the ministry. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm suggesting that the churches haven't done well. I mean, that has been. They are also doing their part. I mean, even the devil knows the Bible. <laughs> it all comes back to there. It all comes back back to there. I mean, the Bible that you quote, I think, is worrying some people. But you still quote anyway, whether you like it. Or of course. Every time he gets a chance, you quote, you quote from the Bible, well. and mm. we support it. Yeah, earlier, you, you mentioned the yeah. fact that given all the expenditure items, mm. you know, public sector wages, or emoluments, capital expenditure, interest energy, interest payment, yeah. etc., we are choked. Yeah. And my question is, when did we realize that we're getting choked? Was that not the picture you got right from the beginning? It's always been the picture. Yes, and, and so, so, so exactly the reason why people are questioning some of your ex expenditure drives. So, for example, establishing or creating six new regions. Mm -hmm. You know, what difference has he made? Rather, a lot of money has been sent there. Things like uh, 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 building a national cathedral, for example. A lot of money has been sent there. And there's actually some allocation, about 80 billion or so, in this current budget, this austere austerity budget we are trying to raise, trying to focus on very critical areas of society, you know, sending money to those areas. So it doesn't appear that you are as choked as you want us to believe because your 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 work hasn't really changed. We are doing the same old things, expecting to get new results. So why, how do you convince us that indeed, because we are choked, we are charting a different path? The path you are charting, even in the 2023 budget. It's not different from what you've been doing right from day one, creating new regions. Now we are we are looking to hosting no, the All African Games, etc. Your 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 work or your path has not been different from the past. You see, the mere fact that you are in debt doesn't mean that you don't live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As uh, the famous Obeda someone said, mm -hmm. yes, we still have to continue. Yes, but but what you eat you must not be the same as what you were eating when you were very good. But you manage what you eat. Yes, you manage certain expenditures. When he was talking about cutting down of ministers and things, I asked myself, over 80% of our ministers are MPs. Mm. 
even if you sack them, they are still going to get the MP salary. Mm. So it's just a minute bit. Mm, but but you, you don't get the allowances and traveling traveling opportunity and all of that. No, that is still a burden on the they, state. They've cut it. Mm. It's cut down. Every traveling chief of staff said you should seek out. No, but, but, but the point really being made is that these um, uh, expenditure rationalization measures are cosmetic. They don't really do every, much. Every they don't really do every much. Every traveling that the president or the foreign affairs ministry goes on, mm. you have both majority and minority in parliament. The parliamentarians traveling with them you know mm. foreign affairs mm. so you can't say that there are certain things you have to cut or you can cut mm. it comes with a job how about the talk that some ministries for example must not exist like uh so ministry of information and communication okay. in the past the so, two emerged so, so and I instead think, of having like four five deputies you can just have one and they have I've two taken, deputies i've taken the ministry of information and the what do you call it? Communication. Communication. Mm -hmm. I've merged them. Mm -hmm. All the workers there will still be on government payroll. Yes, but the, the very top will not be, will top not be heavy. Will check, the, top, check. the top will not be Could very you heavy. Up, and that's where the damage is. Kujopongkuma is, is an MP. Mm. Esla is an MP. Mm -hmm. Esla is two deputies also. Is it mm. one now also? It's a, they are all MPs. Mm. So where do you go? The only person who you say is not an MP is a fatty. Yes, a deputy. Form, deputy uh, information. information. That is all. Mm. That is all. The rest are all MPs. Mm. So you realize that it's still on the government to pay them. No, but you see, the, what you are not seeing is if there are many, their expenditures are more. So, for example, the minister, the minister will have to do other things, the, a lot of other things, mm -hmm. traveling, you know, meeting people, doing other things, which, which, which will be a burden on the state. Mm -hmm. Another example: roads. Mm -hmm. We have roads and highways. We have mm -hmm. transport ministry. Mm -hmm. We have railway ministry. Mm -hmm. Until recently, we had aviation ministry mm -hmm. and all of that. People mm -hmm. think that we can just have ministry of roads mm -hmm. and then you subsume transport and all of that under them. And then instead of having about 10 people mm -hmm. or even 15 people running these four ministries, mm -hmm. you can have just one and two deputies and the job will be done. Which, you look at it cosmetically, it's okay. But I'm telling you that about 80% of them are MPs. Mm. So the work, or when you take the non-MPs out, the significance on the budget. Uh, the, out of the ten, the government will not have to spend on V8 and fuel and allowances exactly. and traveling expenses and all of that, right? The government has said that. Listen, no, the government says it's going to cut. It's going to cut those. But of course, I, I, it's not a serious. Was it a serious? Was it a serious? You know, call the minister made. People have. have the, the minister has announced it. Yes. Now let us ask him the details of. No, but we've been asking since, and you are here. We've been, we've been, ask, we've been asking since. Do, do, when then immediately you ask is you leave everything and come no no we would ask enough would since say, the budget was passed when the we have queried those expenditure rationalization measures and we are saying that in the format they've, they've been they, they, they've been put we, we can't seem to know the head and tail of it you say the v8 have been banned from 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 <laughs> when, that travels for example when the president came out with all these measures he told you that from time to time these measures will be spelled out mm -hmm. that is what we are seeing with the debt restructuring and if you let me finish on the debt restructuring, mm -hmm. uh, I can only plead with the unions. Mm -hmm. I can only plead with all these. That's that. You know, when all this started, and it's, it, it behoves on communication and how we our communication went out on this. There was a committee set up of five, the Albertian Committee. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to meet all these uh, groupings. groupings or the... A lot of them were they met. No, not they did easy. They met the bond holders. Mm -hmm. Not the individuals within the indiv um, individual corporates mm -hmm. within the bondholders. So 
they started with the individuals and they realized that no, the thing wasn't going to go as planned. So why don't we first of all meet the bondholders? They are the holders of the bond. Speak to them, and they would have to now meet their their uh, what do you call it? The people who have invested in them, and then speak to them. So they met the bondholders, and what they did was that they spoke to them, explained all the policy to them. Now listen, this is a long-term policy. We know that definitely every year you keep on investing, and you keep on investing in government uh, securities and everything. But now, where we've gotten to is either we tell you that okay, don't invest, keep your money. We are giving you your money, and we go down deep into the hole or the pit, or we have a stop, restructure, and then come out stronger, where every every group will benefit. And definitely, listen, every um, bond you do or every this thing, government sits with you and, and, and negotiates the interest rates. It's not an automatic one of them. I'm telling you that next year, I want to stop all this, like the 52 billion that I'm, I'm paying as interest rates, just for me to have that cover to, you know, resurface or re rebuild but how, how do you expect them to survive so for example the the pension the the, the unions and the amata with the pension i said this these um, account holders they are revolving funds mm. so every day every month every year you are still getting income coming in or you are getting some money coming and in. they have to buy by the regulations or the guidelines you have to keep investing the 75 percent or so into yes. government bonds yes and so how, how do they make money because this year next year so, a lot of people are going to go on pension so, and and they, they are in this fund. Yes. How do they get money? So I negotiate with you that, listen, instead of giving you maybe, uh, what do you call it, your interest next year, the money you are coming to invest will assume that you use that money to pay off what you have to pay. You will get your 100% back in the next two, three years as we've, we've planned. And you are safe and safe. The, the economy is You safe. got 100% back when? You don't get a hundred percent back. It's it's in about three years plus. Which one? The the fifteen bond, the fifteen percent, fifteen percent, seventeen percent, twenty one percent, forty one forty one percent. I mean it builds up. Mm. It builds up. And it's not good when you say fifteen percent, it doesn't mean that automatically it will be fifteen percent. It could no be less. I negotiate with you. Yes, it but it could be less, it could be more. But it could be less. But it not, not less as in more, I'm not sure. Oh, it could be. Mm. I mean once there's a negotiation, depending on how strong and how big your investment is. You have you have the power to negotiate and negotiate well. Mm. So it could be less, it could be more. So let's assume that that is how it's going to be. Mm. But at the end of the whole thing, this 200 billion that my brother is saying that too, it's going to be a haircut. It's not going to happen. No, but, but no. <laughs> let, let, let me understand that. Are, are you saying that? No, but, but no. What was the debt restructuring really? Yeah. You either extend the tenor, yeah. and if you extend the tenor, you are losing money, like it or not. Immediately, but in the long term. No, you are losing money. If you if you are paying me if you are paying me my, my principal mm -hmm. after 15 years, mm -hmm. I need my money today, so I invested so that I could harvest it today. But your interest is building up. Which interest? The interest. The five percent interest about 20 percent shaped to shaped to five percent. 10% in the in the midst of mm -hmm. inflation, okay, in so the midst me, of depreciation me, and everything. Let me ask you, you're a company. Technically, that money, is the value is lost. Of course, 1,000 CDs two years ago is not 1,000 CDs today. Yes. So the value but, of the money is but, lost. So that, that's, that's if, a haircut. If you, if you put your economy well, if you put your economy on soundtracking, 1,000 CDs yesterday can be worth 1,200 or even 800 Ghana CDs the next day. Yeah, so 1,000 cities, 800 cities. Yes. That, that's a reduction, is that It's a reduction. It so that's a haircut. It's 1,002 or 800 cities. Yes, but we are not sure about the 1,002 because we have not proven in the past. Why are you sure about the 800? No, because that's the record we have. That, that, that's, 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 that's what it is. That's the record we have previously. Yes, but when, we can only, we can when, only talk based on what we know. Let me give you an example. Yes. DKM. Eh, when DKM eh, was being, eh, when it was shut down, eh, for years they were not paid. Mm. Didn't government come out to pay them? 
but some other people haven't been paid as no, well. No, they didn't know. They, they came got their full money. Everybody. Got I'm their not money. sure about having their full money oh, because some, got some, their money. some of them still claim they've not had their money. Nobody is listening to them. Uh, uh, quite a number if, of other people. If you haven't got your money, then it means that when the auditors, uh, I think Deloitte or KPMG, when they were doing their work. Maybe your list of what's unsatisfactory. Mm. But they went through all the necessary checks. Because everybody can come and say that, listen, can bring a paper and say that I, I invested. And then what happens? But they also have to do their checks. So based on what they did, they know that they had paid the people. If with DKM that we didn't even um, have anything to do with it, we, we are able to pay the people. You think under our own rules, we will not pay our people. It will be paid. But I would plead this um, stance that no, we are not going to accept any. No, but is it, is it also you fair? Can, you can take your money. Is now it also fair that you meet that me? That you can take your money now mm -hmm. and it will sink. Yes. Is it also because fair that you would call me to to invest about seventy five percent of my total, you know, revenue into your bonds or into your your instruments, mm -hmm. and then we, we 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 get into this situation. Now you form a committee to come meet me. I make proposals or we we discuss generally on things mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. You go decide on what you want to do and you tell me later that this is the position almost so like now, take it or leave it now with what has happened the bondholders or the uh, corporate bond uh, issuers mm. can now sit down with government and say that listen i cannot invest 75 percent again in your industry because i'm not safe it could happen mm. that they can negotiate with them i'm going to invest in other system but within the country not outside the country so it comes back within the circulation of the currency. So your currency doesn't go haywire. These are things that, you know, in every situation, there is a cure. But let us sit down and have cool heads in having this cure. We should not just get up and say that, let's oppose. Because the moment you start doing that, everybody will start trying to see that, okay, let's see who is stronger. I have to pay you. I haven't got the money now. Let me stagger it. Mm. Let, 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 let me go you to. See, let, so let me go to. These are things that we should be careful about and make sure that we, we, we don't rob the boat. Because the government can give you the money now. But when they give you the money and the economy is not strong, like inflation is going skyrocketing over, let's let even assume that inflation becomes 100%, mm. and everything is going haywire. What happens to your money? It sinks. Let, let me go to Franklin. Franklin, um, your, your friend, um, Alfred Thompson, appears to be offering some hope. Uh, that is from the quarters <laughs> of government. And he says that we do not have to rock the boat we should just be patient this this stance that will not agree and all of that is really not the way to go um have you received some comfort any comfort from what he's been saying so far 80 million well i guess i'm not sure people are reticent because they don't want to be reasonable i think they've been taken by surprise and that's the the word surprise and 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 and, and that, that is what ought to be dwelt upon if this conversation was being had in faces or in a manner that made everybody comfortable, I mean the unions and the trustees comfortable, I don't think they will be this, um, for lack of a better word, negative. It is essentially the way these are being managed, the communication, starting from we'll not do this, we'll do this, we'll do that. So there's been some erosion of confidence and some amount of credibility that has been lost. Uh, which, which is the reason why it's very difficult for people to believe these things going forward. So, um, yes, some people, obviously people are reasonable once you explain things to them. And I suspect that is what is lacking in this state. All right. Let, let me come to uh, Dr. Kwabasin. Dr. Kwabasin, government 
is also uh, put in place some arrangements. So, for example, the Bank of Ghana is spoken. Uh, the Fiscal Stability Council um, is also spoken. The Finance Minister also earlier made a point that there's going to be the establishment of a financial fina financial stability fund um, of about 15 billion that will help institutions like yours or your members access some funds to be able to do things within this period. That means that all is not lost. You can access some funds if you really want to. Mr. Kaba, Dr. Kabasin. Uh, Dr. Kabasin? All right, I, 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 I don't think we... we... Okay, so, so uh, did you hear me, Dr. Kabasin? Well, I, I, I think we will have to reconnect with him. And uh, yes, we will have to reconnect with him because we need him to actually respond to this and, and the, the other people who. Uh, thank you are, once again. Okay, very well. Hello. Can yes, you hear me? yes, I can hear you now. Yes. Uh, I, I think your connection, uh, we, we will have to get back to you on a better line. So, so we'll get back to you on a better line. My producers will get back to you on a better line. Um, Honorable uh, Rickett Hagan, he, he sought to assuage the, the fears of many people. Uh, okay, I, I, I think we have Dr. Kabasin now. Let's try again. Doc? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, it's better now. Okay. Um, I think that we preferred some indications. First, we're saying that at least the accrued interest or coupons must be paid to us. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing that we talked about. And then we also talked about the fact that looking at our operations, now, if you take insurance, we take premium and we, we pay a multiple of that premium, which we call sum assured. So for example, you give us a premium of 100 Ghana cities, or let's say um, 400 Ghana cities. And then there is a liability we can pay as high as it depends on the situation, but we can pay as high as um, 100,000 or 200,000 and so on and so forth. So if the financial stability fund is what is, it is that we want to go, then we are suggesting that then let's pass on our claims to, that, to the fund, and then the fund will be able to um, pay the claims on, in, our, in, uh, in our state, because that is a way that will help us. Because if, if we do not do that and we go along the lines of um, doing away with our returns or in, in, um, on investment, we are, which we are calling the coupons, to the extent that we are unable to meet, to have enough money to pay our clients, that is a challenge. So I believe that if we can import the, into the, the conversation of the Financial Stability Fund that we will be allowed to cede our claims to the fund, I believe that then in that case, that will help a lot. The, doing that will mean that you, you are not actually going to uh, feel anything. You are not going to be part of the burden sharing. You are just going to offload everything to government. And I'm not sure the 15 billion uh, CD fund will be enough to deal with what you are, you, are, you are talking about. So is it the best uh, way you, you suggest to government that it can be done? 
you, you know, every every financial system is underpinned by assumptions. You will agree with me on that. Mm. And once we have a situation where the assumptions are being disturbed, the basic assumptions under which the financial system was established are being disturbed, then it means that there are two things. Then we have to go back to the system and then look at what we can do together. Maybe a way out is for us to engage. Then let's look at what assumptions underpin the financial stability fund and vis-a-vis -vis the assumptions underpinning our operations as insurers. If we can look that, at that and then see how there, there will be convergence in terms of that, I believe that will help. So the, the way forward to me will be an... Uh, we're still having quite some issues with his line, uh, but we, 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 will, we, will work, we will work at it. Let, let me come to... So, so Dr. Kobasin, just, just hold it there. Let me come to the Honorable Ricky Tegan, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come again to you. <coughs> government appears to be putting in place some um, other things. So there's a regulatory forbearance on liquidity and solvency. There's a Ghana Financial Stability Fund. There's, there's what they call the accounting treatment and a few other things, hoping that this will help uh, the pressure on the key institutions so they'll be able to operate and, 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 and help us a bit more. Uh, the Financial Stability Fund, for example, has been established so that uh, bodies that will have difficulty with liquidity, etc., can have access to some funds to help deal with their maturing obligations. Uh, this obviously is uh, born out of a system that has been thinking of what the repercussions of this debt exchange program will be. Your, your thoughts on, 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 on these measures? Salam, the, the sadness in all of this is the idea or a policy decision by government that pension funds, for instance, should put 75% of their monies in government bonds. Mm. The reason is simple, that all across the world, government securities are deemed to be safe. You hear in the business and financial text telling you that usually they tell you government investment is risk-free. Uh -huh. There is obviously some risk, but it is deemed to be safe. Usually. Well, yes, usually. Now, for government to convince pension fund, because, you know, there are other investment, um, you know, vehicles, instrument, that pension funds are usually barred from investing in. You know, we have hedge fund product, we have derivatives, we have private equity, and all. These are all risky areas to go to. Uh -huh. But the returns there are also quite high. But the reason why they, they, they are prevented from doing this is that because they are highly risky, uh -huh. though the returns are high, if it goes pear-shaped or if it goes wrong, then people will not be able to access pension in the future. And therefore, though the returns from government investment are not going to be as high as these alternatives, mm. but at least what you want pension funds to be is to be safe mm -hmm. over and above higher rates and all that, that you want to be able to pay, pay people who go on retirement a decent amount of money to have a decent life. Mm. Now, 
it's like being given to your a relative say i wouldn't say father or mother that's a bit extreme but your parents are traveling and handing you over to your auntie or your uncle to look after you knowing very well that with that family member you'll be safe and in the end is the family member who abuses you this is the situation we are in at the moment the government that we trusted that has access to put 75 percent of our monies in their securities so that we'll be protected is the same government who has mismanaged Ghana's economy to an extent that he's asking us to pay for it. Now, come to this financial stability thing. Another thing is because the discussion on this is not being done or done properly. That's why we are having some of these challenges. If all these groups, government sat down with them when they were conceiving this to discuss with them the best way forward, you know, Alfred talked about something which I thought was quite important. That look, let's sit down and say that, okay, even the 75% that you told us to put into this, maybe things have changed. So let's look at reducing that amount so that we reduce our exposure to you as a government. These discussions have not taken place. It's become a unilateral decision by the finance minister to do this even against an advice given to him by his own attorney general. Mm. But the attorney general says that, um, what, what the attorney general really says is that it could be voluntary, which is what they've said. <laughs> so there were, there were about four or five questions uh, referred to the attorney general for his opinion. Let, let me just quickly go through them. Yeah. So A, uh, so the request is, so yeah. the attorney general is speaking to the finance minister. Your letter bears a request of the legal opinion of this office on the following questions. One, the legality of a unilateral uh, attempt by government to introduce CACs directly into the bond agreement. CACs actually mean collective action clauses. Yeah, sure. All right. B, the possibility of an indirect approach by passing an act of parliament or legislative instrument enacting a collective action mechanism in relation to bonds, including a voting percentage threshold, for effecting changes to the bond agreements as a general law in Ghana going forward and the timing of the passage of such an act or legislative instrument. C. Whether under Ghanaian law, executive action, that is executive instrument, emergency powers, can be employed to impose CACs on bondholders. D. Whether a voluntary agreement, considering the commercial contract nature of this transaction, can impose CACs on bondholders. So essentially, what the finance minister or ministry was asking the attorney general's opinion on is that uh, can government unilaterally decide to vary the terms of the agreements? So, for example, I get into some agreement, and these are contracts. Before you buy a bond, you enter into an agreement with the body, or in this case, government. Can government unilaterally alter or vary the terms? Um, attorney general is saying, in his opinion, that um, one, in the absence of agreement by the parties, it would be unlawful for the government to unilaterally introduce CACs into bond agreements and may constitute an event of default under clause 12 of the terms and conditions of the bonds issued under the program. So the first question about government unilaterally doing it is a no-no from the Attorney General. The second point 
about using an act of parliament or a legislative instrument enacting a collective action mechanism in relation to bonds, which means that if a number of people or a, number, a group or a number of people or bondholders, maybe majority of them decide to go this way, it means that all the others will have to follow, whether they dissented or not. Um, this is what the Attorney General said. So the indirect approach of the enactment of an act of parliament or legislative instrument prescribing a collective action mechanism in relation to bonds is plausible insofar as the proposed inclusion of a voting percentage threshold for effecting changes to bond agreements does not interfere with any accrued rights of any party or third party beneficiaries of bond agreements and also does not operate retrospectively to impose mm -hmm. limitations that adversely affect the personal rights and liberties of any party to a bond uh, agreement beyond their will. What he's saying in English simply is that the agreement has been signed already. Things are in motion. Rights have accrued. You cannot right now go to Parliament to get a new law to affect those accrued rights already. That would mean that you are going back retroactively or retrospectively to um, affect the accrued rights, and that is unlawful. Legislation, apart from very few, are supposed to be retros are not supposed to be retrospective. They are supposed to be prospective. So, in as much as these rights are accrued, you cannot change them. You can only do so going for it. So, in essence, it's a no-no. On the third one, under under the Ghanaian law, executive action. Executive action means that government could, uh, minister or president could issue an executive instrument. An executive instrument is simply law being made or law made by the executive. The usual process of lawmaking is that you must go through the parliamentary process, a certain parliamentary process or representation process to get a law passed. But under executive action, like the president issues an executive instrument, we saw a lot of that in the COVID era. The only reason why you can do so will be under emergency powers, etc., things like that. But you cannot do so to impose CACs on bondholders. So this is what the Attorney General says. said, executive actions including executive instruments and emergency powers may not be lawfully employed to impose CACs on bondholders since they will not operate retrospectively and may also constitute an event of default under clause 12 of the terms and conditions of bonds issued under the program and a breach of the terms of the agreement. So that's where no-no. On the fourth one, on the voluntary engagement. Voluntary engagement means that the two parties, the bondholder and issuer, will come together and agree that, okay, this is what we want to do. So, for example, a bondholder will meet government and say, okay, I agree to the voluntary thing. I agree to the no interest for 2023. I agree to uh, the 2027, 29, 32, 2037 arrangement. Now that's voluntary. So we agree. This is what the Attorney General said about that. Voluntary engagement with relevant parties to bond agreements would be able to produce the outcome of a voluntary modification and inclusion of CACs on bondholders. So it means that of all the four of the four questions asked the attorney general or his opinion sought on, it's just the fourth one, which is on the voluntary arrangement that attorney general said was, was plausible or was the way to go. That is why if you realize in all the finance ministers' engagements and comments, he tries to emphasize the voluntary nature of this arrangement. Yeah. Whether in practice, what is happening is voluntary, it, it's also another matter. So, honorable yeah. Rizik, and this just this provides yeah, so, 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 so the date of the letter, is, uh, the date no, of the letter is 18th November, November which means that before the minister came out to say all of that, 
as it is customary, he sought the legal opinion of, of, of the Attorney General. So this is the legal opinion of the Attorney General. So, so, so you know, without even reading the Finance Minister's letter mm -hmm. to the Attorney General, mm -hmm. by reading the answers of the yes. Attorney General, will take you to the mindset mm -hmm. of the Finance Minister. Mm -hmm. And he tells you that, you know, the Finance Minister, look, this is, the Finance Minister has either become power drunk, mm -hmm. or <clears throat> he doesn't really understand, you know, the Public Financial Management Act. Mm -hmm. And even his own, you know, in his previous life, mm -hmm. as an investment banker, that we all were, mm -hmm. I want to ask the Finance Minister that, would you, in your previous life, <clears throat> take a unilateral action against your bondholders who, who held bond with Data Bank mm. and say that you are going to alter the bond as a result of some challenges without actually sitting down with them to discuss it? Mm -hmm. Some of the options he was seeking advice on our Attorney General, you know, this well, uh, e EIs. Mm -hmm. And even the emergency, this is where the power drunkenness comes in. That could I ask my cousin to use emergency powers mm -hmm. to push bondholders to agree to what I'm trying to do? Mm -hmm. It gives you his mindset. And then the question is that, look, forget about the, the law is one thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, the opinion the Attorney General has offered is one thing. Mm -hmm. But the feasibility in practice of how these things can be achieved itself is another problem. Because, look, if you are not careful, even on voluntary basis, mm -hmm. if you do such a thing, you are going to create a problem for the whole profile of the bond. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot alter the same bond for some people and then say to others that you may or not. Look, we are, we are opening ourselves into class actions and so many things that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's simply because the finance minister failed to sit down and get a buy-in. When he said voluntary, this is what it's about. Get a buy-in. Even somewhere, he's talking about, mm -hmm. if I'm able to get a, a majority or a few, can I push the others mm -hmm. to come along? You don't, you don't do things this way. And even the speed that, it tells you that, another thing, I can see there's a lot of... Uh, and pressure on, on, on him. That's another thing you can get out of this letter. Mm -hmm. That there's a pressure on the person who's asking the question. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's understandable because of the situation that, you know, we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. But the manner in which he had gone about all this is what is creating some of the problem. Now, to do with this financial uh, uh, stability fund, this is another thing that you should discuss with pension companies Particularly insurance companies who basically live by paying so, claims. So they, they, they met the chamber of corporate trustees. Mm -hmm. In fact, the five-member committee, yeah. there was a member or somebody appointed yeah. by the corporate trustees yeah. on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But when we spoke to the chamber, what they told us was that when the group met them, they, they made suggestions to them. But none of those suggestions were incorporated into the final thing they saw. So it, it leaves them to question whether it was necessary to come and meet them at all. They said it appeared that government's mind two, was two, made up two, already. Two questions. Mm -hmm. When did they meet them? Mm -hmm. And why is it that what they discussed with them turned out to be different? The man has his own mind. Mm -hmm. He doesn't understand public financial management. 
he believes that he is power drunk mm. and he thinks that in his position with his cousin as the president he can do what he likes mm. how can you go into how can people trust you when you go into an agreement with them and come out to do something completely different from what you have agreed that's why he was seeking a the, legal opinion this is the problem with the finance minister mm -hmm. and a lot of things and it's a shame he's still there going to continue the same damage we couldn't move him out and but we, we'll, we'll get to that we, we, we couldn't unfortunately mm -hmm. we and couldn't you can't we, we'll, and, we'll, and, we'll and, and well eventually we'll get into that in the next discussion if you go through history mm -hmm. if you go through history mm -hmm. history tells you that, that is a people who yeah. take stance like that mm -hmm. will eventually go but how long the problem is that he would have damaged so much by the time he's ready to go mm. that it would be difficult to salvage any meaningful economy from what he has done. Mm. That is the sadness uh, about. Are, are, you, are you saying but, that this finance minister hasn't done anything right at all? The, I mean, he, he obviously has some good things he wants to do or, or has done, for which reason the president feels that he's a man to continue do, do, doing that. Are, are you saying you that see, he, he's not, despite the difficulty you are facing today, He's, he's we we have said this time and over again that a lot of the things this government intend to do mm. are actually wishful thinking that is never realized. Mm. Because when you go through the budget, you know, they have a problem. When they are being downgraded, mm. they don't understand it. They are saying, oh, but we have talked about so many great things that we are doing to fix this economy. Why are these people downgrading us? Mm. You know, and then they come out with, oh, we uh, people are sitting behind their computers in uh, Washington, Washington downgrading us. You sat behind your computers mm -hmm. on 2021 to get 3 billion euro bond. Mm -hmm. The finance minister told us in parliament, when I asked him a question, mm -hmm. that how much do you spend on the road show? He said the beauty of uh, COVID is that technology allowed us mm -hmm. to sit in Kipinski mm -hmm. to do an euro bond of 3 billion. Mm -hmm. When they sit in Washington to downgrade that 3 billion, then you are saying, oh, the people didn't visit Ghana. You didn't visit Washington, you got three billion. So, on the financial stability thing, this is also something that needs to be negotiated because you need to be able to do. And these are simple calculations. I've given it to a banker who pretty much understands these things that you can do at the back of the envelope calculation to know exactly the quantum of the losses or the haircut that is going to happen. Why would you put a financial stability fund there to cushion people if you say there's not going to be any haircut? There are claims and things that are going to come up. So, you need to know what is the quantum of this financial stability fund that will be able to mitigate mm. any losses that will be incurred by, by these people. You haven't done that. You just come and say, wishful thinking, financial stability fund. 15 billion. 15 billion. Mm -hmm. Well, it's 15 billion enough. We're talking about 200 billion here mm. in losses. So, you are, and you are talking about 15 billion. Do you know how quickly 15 billion will go? The if target people, size, the, if, the, the financial stability fund is being established with a target size of 15 billion. That itself tells you that provided by the government. It tells you that development it tells you that they don't understand it because there's a clear mismatch as to what they have put there as what they will use in mitigate this than what is actually or what is likely to happen. Mm. There are claims, there are pensions, there are all this. Now the question then becomes. Even this financial stability fund, where is the money going to come from? From development partners and government. Okay. No, for and government. Mm -hmm. Development partners. Do you know how much development partners actually give us? No. In the budget? It's about two billion or something. Mm -hmm. That's what they give us. Mm -hmm. 
two billion, and that's even becoming difficult these days to get it mm -hmm. because they, they have their own problems. Mm -hmm. Who did they sit down? Which development partner is going to be partnering them in paying for losses of problems that they have created? The very people we owe money to mm -hmm. that we are struggling are the people we are going to go to to get this stability. You know, they put this the development partner, name them. Who are they? Is it the which development partners? Is this the multilateral development partners or, no, but or, or they, they couldn't have gone into those details? Well, so development partners will capture all of them. If it's just, if it's even <laughs> yeah, two of them. Well, if you if you have nothing to say, that's what we will say. Mm. That development partners. I want to know the development partners. Come to the finance committee. Mm. Don't tell the and if the finance committee knows who the development part who has agreed to provide this this support to us. At the moment, we don't even have credibility to get these development partners to do anything with us. Mm. They want to see that we have an IMF agreement, at least a staff level agreement. Which will happen before time. Before, well, <laughs> let's wait for it. I mean, with this government, you know, uh, when they talk about something that we are going to eat, let's wait for the food. Mm. You, you know, mm. even when they are cooking it, you cannot be sure you eat it. <laughs> so, the problem here is that and then again, apart from where the money is going to come from, which is if they say, I haven't seen that, but if they say it's, uh, what is it called, 15, 15 billion, billion yes. that is inadequate. Mm -hmm. It's a complete mismatch to the quantum of risk that is out there. Mm -hmm. And this money doesn't, doesn't give confidence to the insurance companies. Or any, now, apart from where the money is coming from, which I know that, so, so no, the government, government, giving, government will do so, will do some, and yeah. government Now, the last bit mm -hmm. of this is that then you, you ask yourself, mm -hmm. okay, they have put this amount of money that they are going to give. Is this money free? Mm. Or are the insurance companies or those who have the obligation mm. to their client going to pay for this money? Of course, it's not free. Mm. And you know what is going to happen in the end? Mm. The same old problem. If you remember the financial bailout, mm -hmm. where they, they, they wasted. 25 billion in saving, in, in, in saying that no collapsing bank, they never saved them. NIB was in worse situation than most of the banks that were collapsed. Mm. Worse situation. But what did government do? Government did well in saving NIB. And they could have done the same in saving a lot of the banks and kick most of these corrupt officials, officials out. And the government has the power in its hand to ban some of these guys. You know, from ever working in the financial industry for 10 years or whatever, by the time they come back to it, the industry would have been completely different. They wouldn't even be able to recognize it. Very well. But that didn't happen. So what is going to happen in the end? This money, mm -hmm. you and I, are going to be levied to pay. Mm. In the end, that's what is going to happen. The same thing. There's a financial bailout levy, mm -hmm. which we are paying. This will become the same. And then you wouldn't know where the money has actually gone. And the projections they have made, it's not going to be the case. So, in the end, this one will turn into about some 200, 300 billion, at least 200 billion. And then they will come and say that we didn't know the extent of the problem. Now we know. Right. So, you guys have to pay for it. All right. Let, this me, is take a, let me take another break. When I come back, uh, Mr. Thompson will respond to some of these. Uh, of course, you, you, you have adequate time to deal with that. Franklin is also waiting to, to have a bite of it. Uh, frankly, before that, was it not the same financial stability council you were part of? Is, is it different? He was the dollar stable. Oh, no, okay, no, that's no, a, no, that's no, a dollar. No, that's a, that's a dollar one. There was a conversation about uh, 
the city and okay so yes so it's all right so so that, that, that's okay doesn't mean advice <laughs> okay not an no okay that's okay so we'll, we'll take a quick break return and then get further responses and, and get into the discussion further the big issue 97.3 and cctv don't go away What do you get when you mix the best DJs in the country? The most amazing live band sets, delicious cocktails, and wonderful food. Back to back hit music from Ghana's finest group, Prior, dazzled by the sounds of Abiana and being serenaded by the brilliantly talented Aquavoa. The biggest outdoor party, of course. Situation 2022. Are you ready to party? We are changing the situation on December 24, 2022 with the biggest outdoor party in Accra. The Situation Outdoor Party 2022. Let's wrap up the year in style with the most epic party to end all parties. This Christmas ain't no party like a city party because a city party don't stop. This will be another one to remember. Dates, Saturday, 24th December, 2022. Venue, La Palm Royal Beach Hotel, Accra. Time, 8 p.m. Dress code, it's an all-white affair. Get your platinum, diamond, gold, and silver table bookings and seats by calling the hotlines 020-59-73973 or 055-89-73973. Book your table and make reservations now. That was announced um, on Monday. It was announced on Sunday but launched on Monday and a lot of unions and institutions have opposed it. They say it is not good for them or it's not good for the country in its current form. Government has said that they have up to 19 December uh, to, to, to subscribe if you like. They say it is not good enough. Government also says that it's open for discussions. Indeed, uh, the Deputy Finance Minister told me on Monday that there's nothing cast in stone. They are ongoing with, with, with engagement. So hopefully, I'm sure a few trade-offs here and there will, will, will be made. Um, Ricky Sagan, Honorable, has had a, a, a say um, on, on, on what he thinks of the, the, the uh, financial stability fund and all of that and a few other issues. Alfred Thompson is a former deputy managing director of the NID and a member of the ruling party. Um, well, what do you say about all of these? $15 billion for the financial stability fund the insurance uh, um, uh, CEO, uh, Ghana Insurance Association, Dr. Kobasin, also thinks it's inadequate. Well, how are we going to do all of that? I mean, 15 billion for an, an anticipated, should I say, loss or risk of about 200 billion. It's a drop in the ocean. How are we going to do that? Okay. Uh, first of all, start with you know, the opposition has got a field day in trying to uh, taint the minister's name black for negotiations not to go on as planned and i need to correct this there was no unilateral decision taken by the finance minister mm. if there is a unilateral decision i don't believe he would have written to the attorney general mm. if there is a unilateral decision i don't think he would have formed the five member committee to do negotiations with um, the bondholders 
I don't think he would have sat down with even his um, committee or anyone mm. to say that, okay, let's see how we can come out of this together. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he would have said sorry to Parliament and said that, listen, let us work together to bring the economy back on track. Mm -hmm. So let us not go that tangent and let us not start painting people black where we know negotiations are going on so that when people are going into the negotiations, they have a perceived mind that, oh, minister is taking a unilateral decision, so he wants to, you know, they have to go and challenge him and make sure that this thing doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will help this country. I don't think it will help all of us. Mm -hmm. So let us come together to the table with cool minds. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that upon all the turmoil going on, minister has been able, um, honorable Ken Ofriata has been able to have had, had a cool mind to at least work within these tangents up to this stage. It's mm -hmm. not easy to go under this. When you look at the letter, and that's why I intentionally asked you that, when was the letter written? It was written on the 18th of November, mm -hmm. far before um, he came to do the announcement. And when you are asking certain questions, these are questions that maybe the committee would have gone and have asked certain things or they would have said certain things and they would have brought some information back. So the information that you would ask the uh, Attorney General would be information that is received from mm -hmm. all these uh, maybe meetings and things that he's had, mm -hmm. or even advice that is coming from his outfit. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe that he sat down alone and decided that, okay, let me ask these four salient points and see the, re the responses that will be given. Mm -hmm. Now, he talked about mismanagement. When it comes to mismanagement, then I'm going to bore Parliament <coughs> to everything that is going on in the mismanagement of the economy. Mm -hmm. Because you approve every year, budget upon budget, you approve them sub, uh, appropriations, you approve everything that is going on, you approve all the loans that you are taking. So when we take all these things and you are mismanaging it and you keep on giving us the loans, no, but, but Parliament, the, problem, the way it works, there is a majority minority. The recently, minority will recently, have to say, majority recently, will have it. Recently, there was a loan. Mm -hmm. that they were um, the finance ministry was taken mm -hmm. they approved 500 and they left 200 and something you know am i mm -hmm. lying mm -hmm. they approved some and they left some so they can if they want to mm -hmm. say that no we are not approving this because the other portion of their loan they said that they don't believe in what he was going to do with it mm -hmm. and so they were not going to approve it and they did not approve it mm -hmm. but life went on so mm -hmm. if year upon year you've been approving loans, if year upon year you've been working with a person and you are still saying that it's mismanagement, then you are part of the mismanagement. Mm -hmm. So let us not go that tangent. Let us see how we can work together to bring this economy back on track. Um, I, um, I've talked about, you see, the main problem we've had here is the communication aspect of this whole thing. I told you from the beginning that they were dealing with the first aspect of communication, where they were dealing with the bondholders themselves. Mm -hmm. Then other thing they could have done, the arbitration committee should have gone to the in, um, corporate institutions that formed majority of the bond. But did they have time? The, I think they had to do it quickly. They had to do it quickly. Mm. But you see, it's not helping us. So they need to sit down with them. Mm. Because now, as it appears, it appears as if it's a sole decision from the government that mm. this is the way we are going. Take it or leave it. But where we are, when you go deeper into it, you realize that we have to take certain decisions that will help the country in its entirety. So they need to sit down with them. With them. I mean, everything should be transparent. Mm -hmm. Show them the records. Show them what is wrong. And tell them that, listen, it's either or. Either we go in together and come out together, or we stop it here and we all fall into the ditch together. And then what happens? The country goes haywire. Who mm -hmm. gets its or money? When a company has gone bankrupt and you send it to court, you get nothing because the company is bankrupt. We don't want the government to become bankrupt. We want to revive everything that has gone maybe mm. 
wrong or things that haven't gone the way it should go and you know it started with the main thing is the debt uh the sustainability mm -hmm. which has gone beyond the um threshold that it should go or mm -hmm. it's going beyond the threshold that it should go so we need to now see how we can cushion and put everything together and that is why it says that i need interest waivers or interest payment waivers mm -hmm. where i would have the um, chance to be able to work within the system and then come back and then we know that we are all on the same level when we do that at the end of it all what we are asking is that let us work together to build a nation mm -hmm. a nation cannot be built by one person a nation cannot be built by one government government upon government if we go today and you come in tomorrow you will still need them because they cannot use the next four or five years mm -hmm. to rectify or come back to have a clean slate so let us work together and you see, it behoves on the president, and he knows the trust he has in his minister to deliver up to a state. That is why when the majority caucus went to see him, he told them that, listen, give me some time. I want him to finish one, two, three jobs for me, and then I can show him the exit. Hmm. But for now, I need him to finish working on this, because I know the discussions we've had. I now, I'm not now, it's not one person who we'll, does this thing. We'll, we'll do with that in the next segment. Yes, mm. it's not one person who does this thing, but we do it as a team. But he is leading. So let him lead on my behalf, and let us all work together. So let us work and see that. Let us have that trust in the minister that, yes, whether we like it or not, he was part of the team, or he is the leader of the team that we've gotten to this stage. The financial he stability fund. How will it be funded? 15 billion. Okay. He has given us the assurance mm. that, listen, I will take you out of this. I am leading it to take you out. At least let him show us the way. <coughs> Whilst he's doing that, we work together. To and the way is a debt exchange program, which is being resisted. That, that is the novel program they've brought so far. You see, you are going to negotiate with a team who are asking you that, show us your uh, this, uh, sustainability plan. If you have a loan or if you are in debt and you are going to the bank to seek for more loan, the first thing they'll ask you is that how are you going to pay the debts? Mm. And you have to show a plan that shows that, listen, at the end of it all, I can pay. I can manage this debt and I can spread it in such a way that at least I'll have that relief to work within the system. That is what he's doing now. And it's novel. And Very we right. need to support such a thing. Now, looking at the financial stability uh, fund and looking at his own, uh, what do you call it? His own um, debt exchange ana analysis uh, maturity profiles. You look at exit bond one for the first year, it says 17.47 billion. Mm. If in year one we have 15 billion in the fund, and the 15 billion is not from um, A to Z, from the beginning to the end of the fund, mm. at least we know that is for next year. So if next year they need about 17 billion, and you are working with them on a 15 billion fund. Uh, but the document doesn't say it's for next year, it just said the fund will target 15 you are going billion. To, yes, you are targeting 15 billion. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, budgets are done year upon year. Mm -hmm. And it's a budget that they've put in together. So you are before. telling us that we so should. I believe that okay. it's not going to be just for the mm -hmm. whole process. Mm -hmm. Because the process is not a, a one year process. process. It's, it's a, an ongoing process. So definitely, year upon year, they will be finding money to put in the fund mm -hmm. to make sure that they're cushion all these insurance and everything that is going on so that is why i i keep on saying that they need to sit down with the team the main uh, players within the bond industry and tell them that listen your bond is not lost everything is not lost we have put in such uh, measures like the financial stability fund to make sure that when it, it gets to maturity or when you have insurance claims and everything and you need to do that you can work through your bankers because mm -hmm. it's, it's the bank bank of ghana is going to support the banks to do this so it's the banks that will be paying all these things off so the, when you look at it when you go into details in, 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 in detail detail you realize that they have put in every measure 
that will make sure that nothing will be lost. And that is why we keep on saying that there is no haircut. There is no haircut when you look at the whole program. But you need to do it in such a way that government won't lose out. The bondholders won't uh, lose uh, out. Uh, Africa, how, how, how do people trust government? There appears to be trust issues. president came out about a month ago when all of this, you yeah. know, that there will be no haircuts. He was quite emphatic. Mm -hmm. there, there will be no haircuts on, on, on pension trust, on mm -hmm. pension funds, so your pension funds will not be lost. Mm -hmm. He said quite a few things. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, he said there was no going to, we were not going to IMF. Mm -hmm. Finance minister reiterated that in, in even, mm -hmm. you know, uh, very, very tough terms. Mm -hmm. All that they said they will not do, they are doing. Mm -hmm. So how sure are you and that... The, and the deputy minister after the president, mm -hmm. the deputy finance minister after mm -hmm. the president came and said that there would be a haircut. Yes. You know, so, so, so there, there appears to be trust issues. How sure are we that all of this that we are being told now will happen? Judging from the fact that in the past, what they told us or what you guys told us you would do, you've not done. And when, what when, we feared mm -hmm. is what we are experiencing now. How do I trust you the next time? When I took you through all these and I told you about the SFS, mm -hmm. FSF, mm -hmm. I made you understand that when we put all these together and they are getting their funding, through the banks to make sure that they pay um, all the uh, maturities and those who are affected or they need to make claims and everything. It shows that at the end of the day, they have been able to pay. Mm. And that will not constitute a haircut. It will constitute a payment of your claims. Mm. So I'm telling you that when you... <laughs> they, they, put at, your head back, they put your head back on. After <laughs> <laughs> cutting it. At, when you look at the whole structure <laughs> of what is being put in place, it's not government is not going to lose out. Government cannot lose out, and also the bondholders cannot lose out. Hmm. That is why. How are we going to pay that? That is why. That is why I kept on. That is why I kept on saying that mm -hmm. the arbitration committee would have to meet like the teachers' union, like the nurses, like the insurance, and all these other bodies to explain and show them. They should. How are we going to pay back this? Remember, you saying that we might see a tax someday, like we are seeing for the COVID and financial sector, you know, clean up all of you that. Remember is it likely, or is it a case that we, we, we most likely see, how are we going to fund this? Government, I don't know if there was any provision in the budget he, for this 50 million. He, he and the, the development partners, we don't know how we're going to how, And how, how much they are bringing. How are we going to fund this? He made a nonsensical approach of the gold for oil. Mm -hmm. You said it was a daft idea. Yes, a novel thing. Mm. And that is where I sometimes <laughs> no. pity my no. uh, opponents mm. who do not understand what is going on. Mm. Remember <laughs> that across the world, when uh, the dollar mm. was affected, when uh, US increased their interest rates, the dollar devalued almost every currency across the, uh, across the world, apart from the rubles. Mm -hmm. Why was it? Because at that time, Russia had come out to tell us that Listen, I am not going to sell my uh, energy or my gas or anything for you if you are not ready to pay me with the rubles. Mm -hmm. So it means that they semi-dollarized the system in which if you haven't got dollars, then you cannot buy from them. Mm -hmm. And it made their currency strong, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, you have gold. You always, every month, you go and look for over 400 billion to buy crude. You have gold, and you've told yourself that, okay, 20% of all the findings or all the this and that are accrued from the gold, I'll buy with CDs, mm. turn it into gold. When you turn that into gold, you have someone who is buying the gold 
and it's going to pay for but that. But is that how we're going to get money to fund the... the, the I'm, telling, I'm giving you uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe where he feels, oh, this one is a silly idea, but it's not... Extremely. He, you will see it that way, but you see, every time you have to think outside the box. But, but butter, 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 butter it's, not, it's not more or less, you see, you will call it butter. But that's less. what it is. No, it's commodity for commodity. Commodity it's for commodity. commodity it's butter. It's commodity, but definitely there will be someone picking the gold mm-hmm. and someone paying for the this thing. Mm-hmm. And the dollar that you derive from the gold out of the CD, mm-hmm. which instead of putting the CD... It, it's just like the oil for food program we saw in Iraq, gone, which later ended <laughs> in, very, in, in a very bad way. Maybe you would have gone to the international market seeking for um, this thing every time. And they, these are the problems you are having mm. in sometimes funding our budget. Mm. But you are not blocking over 400 to 600. Every, every month is increasing mm. because of the amount of good we are but What happens after 19th December? If the people are not subscribed, do not subscribe to it, what, what happens? To what? To, uh, you know, government is given up to 19th of December mm-hmm. for the bondholders to subscribe it's or still, to, 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 to come around the table. But they've given that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say they've not heard from the banks. The banks really, in terms of the pension, the, the, the pension funds are the, the custodians. They are very important in a lot of uh, in a lot of this. I know they've been engaging the. Oh, you, you've not finished. Yes, I was still. Okay, so so I give you one minute to, to, to just finish. You gave him a lot of. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That no. We need that you power that you should explain. Okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. You don't have the time. I give you two minutes. Just go ahead. Because you had the time to say. No, okay. So I eat now. Your time. So two minutes. Okay. So when you look at this gold for oil thing, definitely the person buying the gold will give their dollars to pay for the this mm-hmm. and these are going to be negotiated already so it's not as if you are not going to look for a buyer mm-hmm. you sit down you put every parameter in place you sign every distance so every time i get every month i'm supplying you so much of gold at the current market price i pick it i, I um, you pay directly to these people to pick um, deliver oil so it's not as if but the questions asked how the bdc's will survive in this whether Bank of Ghana will be ready to provide forex support because, for them to do all because there will be there will be an account that all these monies will be paid to, so it's going to work with the businesses. You can't work in isolation. Because people think that government is going to be working with, no. for example, Goyle, no, as a, as the one as with a, government no. interest to, government to drive down to work prices. With the businesses, so they are going to do all these things. Mm. All we need to do is to make sure that we have the gold where gold is being sold, the person who is receiving it and paying their money into the account, and the monies are given to the businesses to do what they have to do, and they do best. Right. And in that same way, that is how you can repay all these uh, debts that have gone on. Listen, mm. we said something, yet it's castle and mm. truly, we are sitting on a lot of natural resources. And, and, and you didn't finish it, there's bad management, six, bad economic six, management. Six, six years later, a comedy and stuff. <laughs> And we on a lot of natural resources that have not been transformed mm. into finished products. And that is what is affecting us. Mm. So, ongoing. I mean, we've put policies in place. Now, we have to start the work that has to be put in place. Because mm. we realize the same thing that happened with the oil. That um, when we started with the oil, because we're in a rush to make sure that we turn the oil well, um, the oils to good use. And not to be seen as the agenda that people claimed it was. I think it's the necessary uh, things or the few things in place. Mm. Now we need to turn that whole oil structure into a, f- a finishable product mm. in um, in Ghana. Mm-hmm. The same thing we'll do with all the bauxite and other natural resources. We are still once, on the bauxite. No, once we okay. once we put all those things in place, mm-hmm. we but have, when when we have, because it's, the, the, it's the, ongoing. The bauxite. We've opened the what do you call it? Um, all these um, 
uh, mineral resources and funds and uh, mm -hmm. what do you call it? Yes, the myth. And, and the, the myth and all these things. They are putting the policies in place. Once the policies but are no, done, it's been a long time. Time, well, it doesn't take one day for mm -hmm. policies to be drawn. And everything mm -hmm. will go through Parliament. Very parliament well. will know everything that is going on. Very the well. same uh, Honorable Rick Tegan are the same people who will sign it and come and approve it and come and tell us that it's mismanaged. No, so, no at the end of the day, <laughs> I think I'll give you ample time, right? So, so um, um, all of you, actually, we, we, we just get a short, short bite on this. Uh, the banks haven't really spoken. They met government, we know that. Mm -hmm. Now, Bank of Ghana yesterday, so yesterday or two days ago, um, <laughs> you know, issued or wrote to the banks, uh, Chief Executive of the Ghana Bank, Ghana Association of Banks, and said a number of things, providing reliefs, what they call regulatory reliefs for banks, effective 23rd December 2022, until further notice. I go through some of these reliefs, and I'll get all of you to, to, to comment on the parts of them you want to. I said one reduction of cash reserve requirement ratio to 12 percent on uh, Ghana CD deposits. Two maintain CRR as a cash reserve requirement. Maintain CR of 12 percent on foreign currency denominated deposits to be held in foreign currency. Three reduction of capital conservation buffer from 3 percent to 0 percent, effectively reducing the capital adequacy ratio from 13 to 10 percent. Four. New bonds will be fully deductible in determining physical, sorry, financial exposure to banks to counter to counterparties under Section 62.8 of the Banks and Specialized Deposit Taking Institutions Act 2016, while old bonds will not be deductible for that purpose. Five risk weights attached to new bonds to be set at zero percent uh, for capital adequacy ratio computation and at hundred percent for old bonds. Um, increase in six increase in tier two component of regulatory capital from two percent to three percent of total risk weighted assets. Seven increase in allowable portion of property revaluation gains for tier two capital computation from fifty to sixty percent. Eight issuance of guide, guidance on standardized accounting treatment of debt exchange impact following engagement with external auditors. Banks are expected to one submit daily data to the bank of ghana on liquidity ratios and dynamics including access to interbank market and cost of financing to enable bank of ghana to continuously monitor liquidity trends two preposition banks are expected to preposition assets for eligible collateral under bank of ghana's emergency liquidity assistance framework that's the ela activate they are also supposed to or expected to activate liquidity management plans promptly as needed. Example, interbank borrowings, use funding lines available, intra-group funding if it exists, use up balances with corresponding banks, etc. Four, access Bank of Ghana's repurchase or reverse repo, or you call reverse repo, window exclusively with new bonds if no interbank or other market-related funding is accessible. Five, banks are expected to access Bank of Ghana's ELA as needed using new bonds and other eligible collaterals, excluding old bonds. Six, suspend the declaration of and payment of dividends and other distributions to shareholders forthwith. And the last one, uh, banks are expected to access the Ghana Financial Stability Fund as at least resort, as a last resort liquidity backstop. So this is what the Bank of Ghana has said to uh, the Association of Bankers. Franklin Kujo, I come to you. I know a lot of other things have been discussed. Your quick bite on that and what you make of this briefly. 
Well, first of all, I think I have a small point on the Financial Stability Fund, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for $15 billion from development partners, hello, there's news. Mm. Some of these development partners themselves have challenges, so I'm not too sure the terms under which this will be arranged. Why not the government take a critical look at its expenditure for the coming years and shave off close to 4 billion Ghana cities and put that money in there for now? Mm. I think we to demonstrate that they are able then I'm sure those who may be reluctantly willing, I mean, bilateral, uh, uh, should I call it, the associates of powers who may be who may, reluctant, who may be reluctant in giving us money would say, okay, well, I see that there's a plan to rein in excess expenditure by the person asking me for money. But quite frankly, they don't have the money themselves. But it will be important to at least undertake this exercise. You know, what you just read seems to me like, uh, obviously, is the banking supervision that is, that, is, that is in an overdrive. Yes. And I think they've given an opportunity to the banks somehow, I call it the carrot and the stick situation, but the banks to somehow yield to this uh, debt exchange program. I mean, the last one you read, which is the carrot really, is to encourage them to be part of the program. But mm-hmm. I think that the shareholders of these banks must be interested in these conversations, and they must have these conversations before they even attempt to yield to what the government is proposing. I think that is what I've got to say for now. Mm. But I don't know when those discussions or conversations will be had, given that we have 19th of December to subscribe to the program. Of course, maybe nothing is cast in stone. Um, Yes, you wanted to say something? Well, it must be hard. I mm. mean, uh, <laughs> it definitely must be hard so that people don't feel that the banks have been shortchanged. Mm. Very well. Do- do- Dr. Uh, Kwabasin, um, what, what are you telling your members? Uh, they should subscribe to the program or they should not. And there's also reprieve in the financial, uh, 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 how do you call it, the, the fund, the, the, the financial stability uh, fund, financial stability fund. There's some reprieve or some uh, opportunity for you to make some money to, to help fund your activities. What are you telling your members, to subscribe or not to subscribe? 19 December is the deadline. Hello, Dr. Kwabasin. Do we have you? Uh, okay. Uh, but it's, it's not on. We will we'll, we'll get him. All right. Um, um, I will it. No, I think it's on, yes. Uh, we, we, we are struggling with this. We are struggling with this, with this network. Uh, let, let me just go around, and then hopefully you'll be the last person I'll, I'll speak to on this. So, uh, Dr. Kwabasin, hey, Gan, government... I mean, Bank of Ghana appears to be responding. Issues to be raised about the banks, etc., why they are quiet. It simply means that they've been engaging behind the scenes. What do you make of um, the, 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 the measures? Well, I, I don't think... I okay. think... If you listen... Yes, I can. <clears throat> okay, I think I think it's gone off. Um, another ricket. Mm. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the problems that the central government is creating for Bank of Ghana, it's a Bank of Ghana has its own failures, but what the central bank is creating is basically more or less shifting its own responsibility and overburdening Bank of Ghana with its, you know, uh, supervision and oversight responsibilities and load. You know, the things you've talked about. I was beginning to imagine whether the central bank itself 
can actually monitor all these things that they're talking about. Mm. You see, one of the problems where we are where we are at the moment is as a result of even the fiscal things that I want to talk about fiscal, I mean fiscal politics things that the central that the central government should be doing. Mm. It's now been given to the central bank. You know, when it, when you look at all these reserve requirement, capital adequacy ratios and all that, you know, good as they may sound, but there's really a serious problem. You know, what is going to happen in the end mm. is that the capital itself of these banks in the end will be raised. You know, the banks have to pay 400, is it 400 million? Yes, 400 million. At the, at the time, you know, it was about 30, 30, 30 million USD. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it was at 80 million, sorry, USD. Today it's about 30 million. Mm. So to get them back to the same 80 billion, they will have to pay about 1 billion now to be able to get there. Mm. The banks don't have sufficient money now in terms of whatever they put aside to be able to deal with the problems which most of them have now become a big ticket kind of transactions which they don't have the resources for. So all the things they have drawn, the, the government has drawn the Bank of Ghana to become partners of, of, of the kind of incompetencies that's going on at the moment. And Bank of Ghana is playing along, doing things that they are not even supposed to do. Some are good, but some are overstretching. And they overstretching the central bank itself. Now, so good as they may sound, there are actually serious problems with that kind of oversight responsibility, which is becoming a bit overstretched because the government is not doing what they are supposed to do. They are taking, again, unilateral decisions in doing certain things. Where they don't take a unilateral decision, they sit down with people to agree on something and they go and do something else. That is also unilateral decision. Because when I agree with you, if I go and do something different, it means that I have done what I want to do. Mm. And this is the problem that is going on. And then when we talk about, you know, every idea this government comes up with, it, it's quite, the bauxite issue you talked about, and then, you know, um, disputing the idea that the gold thing is adapted. This bauxite, we were told, we were clearly told that was a better transaction. And again, that's where the government becomes a stone age mm. instead of going forward. Now, I think next year or so, the cyanohydro things are due to be paid. And the bauxite is still on the ground. <laughs> Nobody knows all the things, the, the nice things, the wishful thinking th they talk about, getting bauxite, processing it, and all that hasn't happened. Then they go for gold. We, we have bauxite. There is actually a legal, a legal matter involving the bauxite in Atiwa. Uh, well, you know, they should have thought about all these things. You know, they don't think through things properly. Now, you talk about this gold thing that he was talking about. Look, gold has a lot of laws. There's a gold standard and everything that you have to adhere to to be able to do certain things. Now, what, what makes it difficult for me to understand is why would you take gold? Look, the cheapest oil that you can find in the world is the one you produce. Mm -hmm. Because you can put certain things aside and say, okay, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, therefore I want my, my, my oil to be this cheap. You cannot go anywhere to get, go on at the days where we had the Gaddafi and all that, that if things become difficult, they'll give you one lift 
or, 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 or oil to sort yourself out. You are going to go into an agreement. God knows whether it's a stopgap or it's a long-term agreement that you are going to be supplying gold to a presumed seller of oil for you for them to be able to first of all that person we are taking the the gold to ought to be wanting to have gold. Mm -hmm. Look, gold might be good, but not everyone who needs gold. Mm -hmm. People will prefer the initial discussions suggest that they want the gold. Well. That's what they say. Enoch says they are fine. They went to what is it called Abu, Abu Dhabi or whatever, and basically wasted another taxpayers' money. No, but that, that the, it was the Abu Dhabi trip that that spawned well, this. this I, I don't believe a thing that this government says. Mm. Okay, now so the gold is going to go, and then the oil will come. Mm -hmm. Let's hope that the oil comes. Now, who is going to who, who is going to buy the oil now? You know, we are in a, a, a deregulated system. Okay, which sometimes they are questioning the whole thing. Now, are they going to get it back to regulated? You ask a question, whether the BDCs are, are they going to be offered the same opportunities? Yeah. We have a deregulated system where the BDCs get money, and it's not free money, from the central bank because the central bank is able to provide them with a dollar to go and buy these things and bring them in the country. And then we have the MPA, the National Petroleum Authority, who puts a price build up which we sell this oil at to make sure that everything's fine. The problem is that prices are being, people are making excess profit out of this because Ghana doesn't operate a futures market. Therefore, futures market that people, or, or future prices that people use in pricing things are basically coming out of their own head. And therefore, they create prices that people cannot really. I have always asked myself, why can't the government Simply, two things. One is going simply give money. Look, there is a reason why we create state enterprises. Mm. You know, even even in a in a in a in a, a deregulated market or even in a capital market and by or, or capital economies, they have some companies that continues to be state owned for security reasons mm. or for times like this. We still we have GOI, which is yeah, which is supposed to be supposed to be a state a state company and uh -huh. AMC and also doubles up as a BBC uh -huh. because they have the muscle to be able to buy their own oil. Why don't you give the foreign exchange to them and tell them that look sit with MPR MPA agree on a reasonable price factored in with what is a reasonable future you know what happens to the event. BDC no hold on so because you are using that to be able to draw the other scene. Okay. Okay. So when you give the money to them, whatever money they require, they go and bring the oil in and sell it at a certain price. You know what's going to happen? Instantly, all the other BD, the BDCs who are extorting the system as a result of the fragility in the system will begin to play ball. Because if I can get my fuel at what the price is, we know it's not going to be cheap. If we can get it at what we think the price should be, because government is not telling us how to sell it, but mm -hmm. it's making sure that nobody is actually, you know, basically, you know, ripping up the system. All the others will come and go, and then the, it becomes a simple thing. If you want to become like God, play the same game, mm -hmm. and we'll give you the money. Well. Instead of all these things that they're, they're doing, trying to go around the world, carrying gold to go and bring oil in. I mean. What a tough idea. Uh, God's the economy is going to stone age economy. <laughs>
uh, uh, African I, I really clearly see that honorable doesn't understand what is no, going on. No, no problem. It, it tells me straight away. You guys don't understand. NDC you have no idea. Option and any opinion. You have no idea what you're doing. You don't think outside the box. I don't know how much you've done. You have the, the, the no idea. Um, the Bank I've, of Ghana I've, guidelines. I've, I've gone through what mm -hmm. I'd advise Bank of Ghana is that um, they shouldn't deal with the banks and loans, but mm -hmm. they should look at the heavy depositors mm -hmm. and the bondholders and everything, and also have a one-on-one -on -one with them. Because when you look at the number seven mm -hmm. of the banks are accepted to do the things they are, su are supposed to do, mm -hmm. it says assess the Ghana Financial Stability Fund as the last resort of liquidity backup stop mm -hmm. or backstop. So it tells you that. Um, they, they need to do a lot more negotiation. You know, the, the problem that we face usually uh, as as an institution is that you really start, you start with, okay, Bank of Ghana feels I'm dealing with the bank, so let me deal with the bank solely. But what about the insurance institution and the other institutions that have invested a lot within the banks? Because they are the more, like, the big ticket holders. So you need to also have some engagement with them to understand their um, flow or where they come from and how you can also help to make sure that there's stability within the bank yeah, so the last point on the on the fund yeah. that they, they they should access those so that's last resource yes so that will because if if i invested with the bank yeah. and i need my money all i care about is that my money is given to me yeah the banks then apply to the fund and get the money get for the, the money, other people yes so i think the banks but should they are looking at reducing their um, car mm -hmm. and everything yes. to make sure that they yes. have enough liquidity yes. within the system yes that's why i said they need to do more engagement for mm -hmm. um, the community to also understand the uh, and, and, and look, i sent a message asking that in the event that organized labor rejects uh and re rejects all of that all that the, the voluntary subscription and then they go on strike in protest to your proposed haircut what will government do so there's unrest in the country yes. is well, what it, will is, government is it is it the last resort strike the last resort uh, well i mean, I mean you shouldn't look at that as an option mm. sit down with government and yes but when they sit down things are not working and it will work. from the tone uh, of there, there the, the, the government doesn't even listen there, mm. there should be an agreement at the end of the day mm. government will not just say that okay i don't want to buy into you mm. They will have to convince you why maybe you should tow their line or you would have to convince them or tell them that, listen, I can't tow that line. What is the next option? Definitely, they have to be a judge or for a, 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 a truce to come in. So definitely, I don't believe that um, strikes and demonstrations are the re are resort to what will change what is happening. And well, I said, I mean, it's either we work together to make sure that we resolve this or we fall into the pit together and we all get our heads cut. Well, let me try to work together. Let me talk to Dr. Kabasin. Dr. Kabasin, um, you are the final word on this. Um, are you there? I hope we reach you on a better line. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes. Yes. Um, you asked the question whether or not we were encouraging our members to either join or not join, yes. um, subscribe or not subscribe to the country. Yes. Now, the issue is not about encouraging or not dis or discouraging. That is not the issue. Mm. The issue is that our there's a concern about asset liability mismatch. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I'm looking at how we can solve the challenges together. And so I think that, yes, the 19th has been given as, um, as a deadline, but there should definitely be engagement between parties. Mm. Because... If you decide to insist on the 19th and so on and so forth, and the 19th passes, and 
even where, after you have surmounted the challenges that confront you, there is no insurance company. It means that the issues have not been resolved completely. Mm. So my suggest, my position, um, our position is not necessarily um, asking somebody to join or to join, but then looking forward to engagement as soon as possible. Unfortunately, I think there were hints given to us in the minister's uh, presentation that their respective regulators should also um, engage their re respective um, uh, regulated entities. Yeah. I am looking forward to such engagements so that we look at it is not an issue of us versus them. Yeah, so the Bank of Ghana, for example, the Bank of Ghana, for example, uh, appears to have started that engagement with this letter to the Ghana Association of Insurers. Has the National Insurance Commission made any such move towards uh, the Ghana Insurance Association yet? Yeah, there's 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 hint of that, mm -hmm. and so. Um, of course, obviously, today is a weekend, so we are looking forward to Monday or thereabout and see how we can engage the commission and um, other parties mm. um, involved, just so that we find a way forward. Because, um, to be very sincere, insurance operations is a bit different in the sense that we take small money, we have to give multiple, unlike mm. other financial systems where you take small money and you give a fraction. That is critical. So, we are in a situation where 1%, are con um, what do you call it, the insurance penetration is 1%, and we are asking people to join insurance. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, in the National Financial Inclusion and Development Strategy of the government, it says that we are currently at 58% in terms of financial inclusion. And by 2023, we are looking forward to moving to 75%. That cannot be achieved if we do not solve the issues of insurance. Because mm -hmm. one of the key things, especially looking at the 80% of the informal sector that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. So we are, we are amenable for discussions, and I believe that engagements will come um, as soon as possible so that we find a way forward together as a country, just so that we will not have a situation where after we've surmounted the economic situation, then there will not be any insurance companies to even um, protect our assets and liabilities and our persons. Mm, very well. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Kinsley Kosi Kwabason, CEO of the Ghana Insurance Association. Uh, thank you so much. We're moving to the next uh, uh, subject, which is the botched move to remove uh, the man in the center of all of this. Yeah, Ken Oforiata. Yes, we are done with it. We'll move to the next issue. Uh, I'll give you 30 seconds to do that. So thank you so much, Dr. Kwabasin, for, 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 for agreeing to join us for this morning's discussion. So we are taking a break now, but I'm allowing um, Alfred to give a 30 minutes. Yeah, just uh, a summary. Of everything summary. Uh, 30 seconds. What, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I just want to plead with mm -hmm. all the bond holders, holders that um, this is not a hard and fast rule. This is not a um, casting um, stone. They should sit down and negotiate. Mm -hmm. Let us come to an agreement so that we can all come out of this together mm -hmm. because we are in it together. Mm -hmm. And whatever serious decisions they take will affect the fortunes of this country. Mm -hmm. So um, let's forget about what other people would say, naysayers and everything. Let us look at the situation. What situation are we in? And I expect also the finance ministry to have as a one-on-one -on -one with them, communicate with them, be open with them, show them everything that is going on, be very transparent with them, and let them see the serious situation we are in. Let us work together to bring this economy back on track. Very well. A few of your messages. Good morning, Salam. This government has never been truthful to Ghanaians since assuming power. The inconsistency, blatant disregard for rules of laws, 
and pension with this with which things are done, ignoring all wise counsel, etc. Uh, he said they have the men indeed. Jones, Adoboy in law. Uh, uh, this one from Her Prince Henry Kofuria says, uh, pres the pres President, please listen to the voice of the people who gave you the mandate as president and sack and Um This one from Philemon from Teacher Mante says, Good morning, Salomon team. Sometime ago, I hear the president and MBB saying that they have the men. If indeed they have the men, why are they afraid to sack the finance minister? Kwekwina uh, Kras says, The finance minister, Kenofurata, said point blank that Ghana is never going to the IMF for anything. But this has come, this, this is not true, or this hasn't been true. The finance minister has lost credibility, you see. A few more of your comments will be read. We'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll dive into the other matter of the motion for vote of censure on the finance minister. The finance minister is a very busy man in these days. You know, we'll return and, and, and deal with that. Don't go away. Why don't you get away from Welcome back to The Big Issue. Uh, we are live on 97.3 City FM. We are also live on DSTV channel 363 and GoTV channel 182. Uh, we just finished discussing the matter of uh, the debt uh, exchange program that government is uh, seeking to introduce. And uh, we've had quite a lengthy discussion on that. We are moving on to the removal of Kenopurata and uh, whether it's a lost cause. The minority wanted to use the vehicle, the constitutional vehicle of Article 82, uh, by uh, filing a motion for vote of censor. But that was botched. That did not happen because the constitutional requirement is that you need to test of parliament. The majority, who had also said prior to the filing of the motion for vote of censor that they did not want Kenoforata anymore, failed or refused to help the minority in getting out kind of right, at least using the parliamentary process even though the president will still have to uh, take their decision is it a lost cause what what, what do you go from here i uh, um, i introduce my guest once more franklin kujo who's been part of the discussion since the beginning is still with us um alfred thompson former managing deputy marine director nib and npp uh member is also still here but we have justice abdullah uh, he's a private legal practitioner he's joined us now and we still have uh, the Honorable George Ricketts Hagan, uh, Member of Parliament for Cape Coast South, also with us. Um, gentlemen, again, welcome to the program. I, st I start off with um, Ricketts Hagan, uh, Honorable. Mm. Um, UN Parliament, um, the committee, I think I saw you on TV one of those is observing the work of the committee. Yeah. The committee many have criticized that their job was not good enough. Uh, their reports did not have findings, uh, recommendations, etc. Um, of course, given the nature of the matter and, and the, the composition of the committee, you could only expect a stalemate. That's what we got. 
and uh, you lost the vote. You knew that you were going to fail, yet still you went ahead to do it. So the conclusion we've seen really uh, was inevitable. Well, so we live in hope. Unfortunately, in this part of the world, hope, you know, there's always a shortfall when you're looking for hope. We had a parliament where 136 members of the parliament are saying that we don't want the finance minister. Don't forget, we are 275. Mm. We don't want the finance minister, and therefore we we put it in this motion of censure to get rid of the prime minister, uh, of the finance minister. Then we get 80, which later became 98, of the majority side, mm. also saying that we also have been to our constituency, the people who voted for us to be elected as members of parliament, on whose behalf we are actually representing in parliament. We have had an opportunity to go to them. These are the people we work for. And they are saying that the finance minister is part of the problem. Mm. And therefore, please, go to the house and get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So they do so and went to the president, our president, their president, and discussed this issue with him that, look, if you don't get rid of this guy, we will show up for the budget. Mm. Then the president tells them that, you know what, I have heard you. I'm going to get rid of him, but uh, I want him to finish the negotiations with the IMF and finish the uh, um, reading the budget. And then after, I will, uh, I will, I will yield to what you are saying. Basically, that's what he. Mm-hmm. And then they walked away. That's that's in itself is even shocking. Mm-hmm. They walked away without anybody telling the president, "I'm Mr. President." If really what you are telling us is that. You, you understand what we are saying, but you want this guy to do these two critical things and get rid of him, that itself will become more problem for us. In the sense that the guy who is going to present the budget is not going to be the one to implement it. Uh-huh. The guy who is going to be negotiating with the IMF or negotiating already with the IMF is also not to, will not be the guy who will live to implement this. By labor, I mean not as a finance minister. Yes. To implement this, why then would we want such a person? Because then already you have really damaged the person in the eyes of the IMF and other partners. They see the finance minister as not credible mm-hmm. because whatever he's negotiating, he's not going to need to implement it. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think that such a person is going to do a good negotiation for whatever love he, you know this guy has for Ghana? The answer is no. Do you think this guy's budget that he will present will be a budget that the, 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 the investor community, the citizens of Ghana will trust? The answer is also no. So even on those discussions with the president, they should not have agreed. But unfortunately, our, the structure of our of our governance, the structure of our country or parliament or government is such that these people who went there are more or less disgruntled people. Mm. Some were former ministers, they dropped them and Mm. they were not given any alternative. Some have been waiting on the bench 
to play mm. as ministers. They are not calling them. Two years is already gone, mm -hmm. and two last year, two uh, two more years left. They don't know when they will be called. Some are still living in hope that don't let us rock the boat. Let's listen to the president mm -hmm. because my taking a decision as a member of parliament, who has been advised by my the people who voted for me to get rid of the finance minister selfishly doesn't make, mean much to me. Mm -hmm. But when the president, who is likely to appoint me as a minister, whether I believe in what he's saying or not, let me hold fire. Other than, other than that, that day probably will never come. That is the nature of our system. And it makes it difficult for members of parliament, especially on the government side, to, be, to have independent mind and do their job as independent people. These are discussions we have to look at in the future as to how the constitutional issue is addressed of members of parliament becoming ministers and all that. It makes it difficult for members of parliament, especially those in government, to do their work without any interference from government or fear mm -hmm. of something happening to them. Now, these guys who have lost credibility already by coming out to say that we are not going to listen to the budget, and later come in and saying that, oh, now, you know, we've had a president, so we wait for things to happen. Then I don't know what happened. Whether some promises were made to them and it didn't happen, they came back again and said, hey, we still stand at where we, where, where, where we, where we were, and that we are not going to listen to the finance minister and everything. Then we are saying that, look, let's give you comfort here, you know, What's again? I say what you want to do. That even those who are gone, they want more people to come. So we are offering offering you an umbrella to work on now. We also want the finance minister. We have moved forward, you know, to do this legally. Join us and make your life easy. Ninety-eight plus one thirty-six. It's over the two thirds. Mm -hmm. They said, oh. You know, the way you want to kill the cat, that's not how we want to kill the cat. Of course, there are many ways to kill a cat. So, they have not been able to tell us, other than what their constituent told them, that the cost of living, the highest standard or the higher cost of living, and all the mess, the economic mess that the finance minister, you know, has created over the years, is the reason why they want him out. They, so, they, say, they say that they didn't join you because... <coughs> The grounds with which we came. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm coming. Well, I'm, well, I'm well, coming well, to that. I'm, I'm coming to that. Mm. As I said, the, the the ultimate goal is to get rid of the finance minister. Fair or foul? Well, there is no foul here there because no. look, some of the things and and my regrets is that in the end, the minority stayed and voted against the finance minister. It means all of us were convinced mm -hmm. that the finance minister must go. But I have challenges with the process. Mm. Again, I have said this time and time again. We made a collective decision to do what we did. A committee was put together by this by the speaker. My reservation is, you see, maybe we have not been able to prove beyond reasonable doubt mm. that this finance minister has serious questions to answer. Mm. And to go to the committee with seven grounds 
and the committee decided that we are going to take up one and three. Look, with all the things we presented, the seven grounds, look, some of them, about the last four or so, are things that are difficult to prove. You know, you can talk about incompetence and all that. But how do you prove it? Yeah, how do you prove it? Because you can get two economists, a Nobel Prize economist. They will give you different policy directions, and both of them at the time could be right mm -hmm. until things go wrong and they will even tell you the, the, the assumptions they made and what happened that things went wrong so those were difficult to prove but to prove a case of conflict of interest conflict of interest but there, there was a constitutional bar the constitutional bar does it bar parliament if it did the fact that the speaker of parliament should not have referred that to the uh, 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 the annual committee in the first place. Yes, but the fact that the speaker didn't advert his mind to it, and it was raised, and they both agreed, so don't mean. Look, look, for me, that issue itself mm. has even meta metamorphosed to something completely different. Mm. It is. It was not an issue of potential conflict of interest anymore, mm -hmm. but it's an issue of profiteering as a result of conflict of interest. Mm. And this is what we should have gotten the opportunity to prove. Look, what I'm holding here mm. will basically give you the numbers why the finance minister has done certain things that, but this will be explained in the future. It will definitely come up again. These guys have done bonds of about 11 billion since mm. 2018. Two billion in 2018, three billion in 2019, three billion in 2020, three billion. Even some say it's five. Three billion in 20, 2021. That's what we knew they went for. When we were in office, or when we were in government, since Kufour's time, the first euro bond was done in 2007 under uh -huh. President Kufour. And then there was no euro bond again until 2013 uh -huh. because President Mohammed, did, uh, President Mills did not do any euro bond. Uh -huh. So we did euro bond of about 3.5 billion. Uh -huh. On the last up until 2016, all the other euro the 11 billion or some we say 13 billion, were all done by this government. Uh -huh. The rate at which we were charging, that is the fee structure of the euro bond, and I was part of the euro bond until uh -huh. 2016, was 0.65% from Gouvo's time. And then a decision was taken. Because nobody, you know, they talk about uh, the impressive uh, pedigree of Data Bank. Data Bank has not done Euro bond anywhere in the world before. Never. Nothing in seven. Listen, they have never done Euro bond. And somebody should come and challenge me on this and show me which Euro bond they did and for which country. They were apprentices. They were included in 2007 on capacity building basis to go and learn how to do your bond because 2071 Kufo decided to go to the, the your bond market. It was the first time in Ghana. It was the first time in Ghana. Nobody has any data bank until uh, even until then had never been involved in any your bond anywhere. And don't forget your bonds are usually done by countries. Mm -hmm. haven't, we don't know of any history of, of data bank having done any your bond anywhere. So banks were selected to go and build capacity so that someday the money that is being paid to international uh, uh, what is it called transaction advisors 
will be paid to our own, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to bring these people and they do this euro bond and we pay them, you know, a percentage of the of the proceeds, we will give this to our own, which was a which was a sensible decision. Now, what then happened when we came in in 2013 to do the second euro bond of another 750, you know, million? We decided to constitute these investment banks. And the idea was that each year we vary them mm. so that we spread out expert, the capacity yeah. expertise so that someday they could come together and, and, and do it in, in some kind of a, you know, syndicated fashion. 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, all the euro bond we did, all the people we included were apprentices. Data, data Bank was involved in 2014's euro bond after 2007 mm -hmm. because we were using other players. Yes, yes. Then, with, um, 2016, 2017, nobody did euro bond. This government didn't do euro bond in 2017. They started in 2018. Mm. And Data Bank and their cronies came back to the scene and they have never left until 2021. Every year they carry them. So, look at 2017 to 2021. How many years is that? About five years? No, more than that. 2017? No, 207. 207. Um, that's like 14 years. Yeah, 207. That's the first year we born. That's 14 years. To Canada, 2021. That was the last 14 years. 14 years. For 14 years, all the people we labeled local transaction advisors we're, we're basically apprentices and they are still apprentices today mm. because the prospectus are not written by them it's never been written by them all the prospectus are written by the international transaction advisors with the legal guys and we use about five of the local you know including including two legal firms mm. so the best you can describe about their job is probably to review the prospectus and nothing more than that. Mm. And it so, how much for that? So we were paying them 50,000 since the first time. Mm. 50,000 50, US dollars. Flat rate? Flat rate. Not percentage. No. 50,000 flat rate. What's the situation now? I'm coming to the situation. This is where the issue is. Mm. This is where Kenny Foyette needs to answer some questions. Which, unfortunately, we were not able to push him, and then he came and lectured us. <laughs> you know, so what happened then is that in 2018, when they started the euro bond, they changed the fee. <clears throat> they changed the fee structure from the 0.65% to 1%. Okay. Okay. And now they started paying the, the, the local transaction advisors. Flat fee plus, you know, some kind of a commission, if you can call it that way. Mm -hmm. So we're moving from 50,000 US dollars to 100,000 US dollars. Mm -hmm. Then they continue to pay the international transaction advisors 0.65. And you know what they told them? They told them that, look, all the euro bond we've done in the past, we've never exceeded 1 billion before. We did 2750s, 207. And then I think that 2016, and then 1 billion in between, three that uh, done under President uh, Mahama. Mm -hmm. So we are going to do bigger euro bonds. Mm -hmm. So stick to your fees, and then you, by volumes, you make more money. 
and the international community accepted. So the first euro bond they did was two billion. After that, three, three, three. So the guys didn't mind. We were making free money. Mm -hmm. Then the zero point three five, which became the difference between the old fee structure and the new one, accrued to the local transaction advisors. Mm -hmm. In addition to the hundred, and let me give you the figures here. If you put it all together, the zero point three five percent which was not paid to the international transaction advisors, adds up to 38.5 million U.S. dollars. Mm. If you put it together, it was 7 billion the first time around because they did 2 billion. And then with the 3 billion they did from 2019 to 2021, it's 10.5 billion each. If you add it all up, it's 38 billion. But then out of this, obviously, they were given 100,000 and all that. So this 38 billion was money that was used by the finance minister to pay off the local transaction advisors, which, and I repeat, were just apprentices and had never done any eurobond before. Now, a decision was taken that a small and infinitesimal amount of this eurobond <coughs> issued will actually be issued in the Ghanaian economy to our stock uh, exchange. So that not only building people who can do Eurobond, but also conscientize Ghanaians to become used to the Eurobond market. Yes. I'll, I'll finish shortly. Now, so the small amount that was done, one would have thought that tests the local transaction advisors, at least to be duration uh, or to be other duration managers or to be book runners, mm. because they, they've been book runners for our local bonds. Even that small amount of Euro bond shares and someone should come up were done as book runners by the international, the city banks, the standard bank of this world. So basically, Data Bank has done nothing. So they've done nothing to deserve. They were not duration they, managers, they, they, they were not actually real transaction advisors. Yep. They did not write the prospectus. So your point is that they got they, the they did not market the bond of Kenoforata. Absolutely, that's Very what well. it is. Very well. So if you look at that, somebody needs to answer where 35. Look. There, and I will end with this, this one. When they do the euro bond, you have the fee. The fee is used, or the total amount of proceeds that they get. And in total, they, they, they've charged a fee of 220 million to 11 billion euro bond that they've done. This 20 and 20 billion is split between expenses on the roadshow, hotels, and all that. Even the hotels these people slept in. We're paid by the state. We're paid by the state. I was with them. Mm. Now, what then happened after... You went as well. Yes, I, as a deputy finance minister. And I was... Deputy finance minister. Finance. That's what I'm saying. Yes, committee. Yeah. And then I was responsible for doing the North, North Africa, because we're North America. America. So you are yeah. Europe. You did it for as well. But well, I, I was doing his work. I was doing that work. You were 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 doing that I want to raise money. No, no, I get paid as my job. I was doing my job. Yeah, but going on, they gave you paid, yeah. Look at what you're talking about. You said, let me finish. Send people to uh, Abu Dhabi to do a draft deal. And then, okay, so basically what it is is that the structure, you pay for expenses, okay, and then you pay fees. Now, when the Kenyan for Yata, and I will read something to you which. We we, no, we, just, we we just don't have the time. I, I, I know you don't. I know you don't have the time. But let me let me just tell you something you need to know, and Ghanaians need to know. And I'm just sad that we're not able to bring this up. 
I put this question. This is a hazard. Mm. I put this question to Kelly Foyata. And it was basically the same answer. I'll read this quickly. Yeah, quickly I have read this before. Yeah, I have read this to you before. Mr. Speaker, this is my question. I beg to ask the Minister of Finance, which components were used as local transaction advices and local legal advices for the 2021 euro bond? Now, let's uh, answer the answer. He did agree that it was capacity building. Mm -hmm. He did agree that they changed the fees. But look at what he told me. He said, Mr. Speaker, it is really good and important question. It is important that we pay international advices. And he said over one million, which me I said. I remember in 2007, when we went to the first global issuers, honorable ministers and civil servants were admiring the buildings. This is this is sad. Admiring the buildings that we were in. This is California for the international advices. And I asked them if we keep paying fifty thousand, which I told you about which you if we keep paying fifty thousand, this is the basis upon which you raise the money to our local advisors, when will they grow? To get the capacity to become like this. Right, so, 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 so in essence, so he, in yeah, essence he, he was using, money he was using government money mm -hmm. to build Goldman Sachs in Ghana. The buildings that they are sitting in there, which yeah. you saw in New York, they wanted to be like very well. The, the point is what this, this was his reason. Very well. he, he's quite, he said quite mm -hmm. a, a few things. Uh, they failed to. This, this is yeah, sad. They, they failed to get. That we let, we, we let this guy. You, 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 you did not. How much time you did not support them. We, we, we just, just make your point. How much time? Uh, just, just, we, we are, just make your point. We have three, three minutes. We have three minutes. You are depleting the time further. So just, mm -hmm. just make your point. He speaks for ten minutes and I speak for. No, no, don't worry. We'll do it. They raised seven points. Seven points the despicable conflict of interest mm -hmm. unconstitutional withdrawals from the common fund illegal payment of oil revenue to offshore accounts deliberate and dishonest reporting of economic data to parliament fiscal recklessness alarming incompetence and frightening um, ineptitude and gross mismanagement of the economy seven points mm. and from everything is narrated here it's let it gives me the understanding that either the minority has shown gross incompetence mm -hmm. or they are very dishonest to Ghanaians. Mm. Very, very dishonest to Ghanaians. Because if you have all this here and you've taken care through all this painful... The public of interest bit he raised was not tabled. It was tabled. And no, it, was it, it was taken out. out that's yes. what I mean. And also the um, illegal payment so of oil revenue. Illegal payment of oil revenue to offshore accounts. Mm -hmm. It was also um, taken off. Yes. No, it, 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 okay, so the there people two, came, there two but he didn't answer those ones. It was, so it was made not... Yes, the committee it itself took it off. Yes. It tells you that they didn't have anything against him. Mm. It tells you straight away mm. that they didn't have anything against him. You see, we don't mind as a party, as a government, as if the citizen says that, okay, Ken should go. Honorable Ken has done his due. Mm -hmm. If they need to let him go, let him go on a clean slate. You don't come and impugn, uh, what do you call it, criminality on him. Mm. And then you expect us to support you. It won't happen. So how will he go? You're, you're, you guys say he should go. We, have our, own, should we go? have our own terms, which mm. we've agreed with him on it. When he finishes what he has to do, he will go. He will resign himself. Mm. But you can't come and tell me that I should... What if he doesn't resign? When we get to that bridge, you'll see whether he'll cross it or not. But mm. I'm telling you that you cannot come and tell me to impugn um, this uh, but, 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 but really, criminality yes, on really. my own. 
Ken, Ken himself, know, he has seen all of this, all I of know, this happening. There's no criminality. Why wouldn't he want to go himself now? You see, why, why is he holding you on see, to it? When you were speaking and telling me all about the went here as a committee. Oh, city 97.3. Accra.